What's up everyone? Welcome to one of the best days in video games for all of 2015. You all ready to day. talk about it, Matt? I, I am. I'm prepared. This is a big, big day. Uh, we have two huge games that came out today. One that came out just late last week, which was Black Ops 3. We have Fallout 4. We have Rise of the Tomb Raider. Today's the launch of the Steam Machines. Mm-hmm. Long awaited. Yeah, long awaited. But they came out today. Today is a huge, huge day. We're going to talk about all that stuff on the show today. Before we get to it, though, I just want to talk about a couple things. The forums launched yesterday. Matt, have you been on them yet? I have. What do you think? Briefly. Nice stuff. Yeah. All Good. built from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like, those are forums that we literally built from nothing into what they are. And they're in beta right now for premium subscribers and people like Matt, who are staff. <laughs> <laughs> That makes me premium. It's <laughs> you, cool. Yeah, you're more than premium. You're above premium. Um, and they're in pretty good shape. Like, we've been getting bug reports from people. There haven't been that many. Mm-hmm. So once we have kind of all the bugs worked out, we'll be opening them up to all our basic users who can't watch this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just so you know, as far what as... What are they even going to talk about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so for all the premium people, uh, there should be an influx of people into the forums here in the next few days as we crack them up open to everybody, but I do urge everyone to please go on the forums because there's the only way we'll ever find out if there are issues or bugs or anything like that is if you guys use them. Like, we obviously tested them as much as we could, but you, you, you won't find all those really nestled bugs until kind of everybody gets in there and starts doing stuff that we didn't even expect you to do. So go in there, bang around, make some crazy threads, talk some crazy smack or whatever. It'll all be beneficial for Sifted in the end. But it feels really good to have those forums out there. Obviously, been talking about them on the show for a long time and about them in general ever since I announced the site. So I do want to apologize for it taking so long for these forums to be done. Uh, just a number of different circumstances kind of resulted in them being delayed and delayed and delayed. But uh, they are up there now, and we are making fixes to them as you guys find the uh, bugs and everything. Uh, Gifted, I know that was supposed to have launched last week. That was kind of put on the back burner to get the forums done. But that should be coming really soon. Hopefully, you guys will dive into that and send some gift subscriptions to your friends. And if you're a basic subscriber, you know, hopefully they, they'll find it and uh, request premium subscriptions and all the trial users as well. So really excited about that. We do have a big show to get to. We don't want to waste too much time. So let's get to the big six. Okay, Matt, so mm-hmm. Friday. It was announced today that Friday Nintendo is doing the next Direct. They did say it would be before the end of the year, and it's actually a little earlier than I thought. Um, obviously, this is the first Nintendo Direct without Awada, and mm-hmm. you know, he was usually the guy who intros every Direct, and you know, he had his, his kind of little... He was the heart of the Directs. Really. He was, yeah, and he kind of had his own little thing that he did, did with like Direct, and like that's... It's going to be weird watching the first Direct without Awada. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- I, I figure you think they'll start with kind of a little tribute sort of I thing? would hope so. I mean, yeah. they, I feel like they kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo really hasn't expressed its grief publicly. I mean, they put out that cryptically worded, like, press release from Japan a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think Reggie had a quote or two about it. But they haven't really celebrated him yet. And I think maybe the time has passed enough now mm-hmm. that maybe they feel okay about doing it. I know I felt like I had just kind of gotten over it. And then, like, I saw the press release today about it, and I was like, oh, man, it just kind of brought up all those feelings all over again. So it'll be interesting to see, one, you know, how they handle the whole lot of thing, and if they mention it at all. I, I, can you imagine them doing a direct and not saying something, though? Like, No, they have to. They have to. Yeah. Like, that's the elephant in the room, basically, right? Yeah. And then I think another big question is, you know, will we see the new president 
And is he? That's a good question. I mean, he. I mean, I is hate. He, because he came out of <laughs> HR, right? Yeah, I mean, he had been in HR like a long time ago, and he's. So he's, he he deals with people. Yeah. He's a, he's a, <laughs> right. But he's a. I mean, you know, I don't want to judge someone based upon how they look or whatever, but you know, he doesn't appear to be the type that would maybe no. want to front something like this. I mean, he's never been in the public eye. Awada has been in the public eye. Even before he was the president, you know, he would go and present his games at, at Space World and things like that for Hal. Um, yeah, but you never, I mean, to be fair, like, Reggie was never a public face until he joined Nintendo, and all of a sudden yeah. he came out and kicked ass and took names, and right. now he's like an, in, you know, he's a fixture of gaming. Like, you can't imagine games without Reggie now. I think if you look at Reggie, though, you could see him doing that. Like, he's a gregarious guy. Somewhat, like, but also I think you can look at him and see him as a kind of a slick salesman, kind of yeah, like creepy, creepy dude with, like, like creepy dude with, like, weird <laughs> eyes. You know, he, I mean, the My Body is Ready shot is a little yeah. intimidating. <laughs> yeah. He's also very tall in person. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. Or could it be that Reggie takes these over? I wouldn't be against that. I don't know if Reggie has the time for that. Um, I think he has the time. You think? Yeah, I think he does. No. I mean, if Awada had the time, and Awada's actually working on games, or was, I, I, I still can't speak about him in past tense, he was working on games at the same time. Like, he yeah. was still going in and advising the teams on de- actual development, which Rez- Reggie doesn't do at all. So, you know, we're, I think... I just think Iwata came off as much more personable right. than Reggie. I mean, Reggie is cool, and Reggie is fun and charismatic, but, like... Iwata felt like he was talking to you, yeah. and Reggie feels a little more like he's pitching to you. He's talking at you, yeah. Reggie, yeah. And like, um, like I just, yeah, he's not who I'd pick to replace Iwata if they want to keep kind of that, that same sort of like person to person vibe that the, especially the Iwata asks stuff had. Yeah. But, like, but the directs in general kind of felt like Iwata's going to sit down and like take some time and visit with us and tell us what's going on, you know. And like, I think it would feel a little too uh, slick. With Reggie, I feel like you know part part of the charm of Awada too was kind of the language barrier a little bit because mm-hmm. you know English was his probably not even a second language, probably his third language, and so you always appreciated when he tried to speak English at the beginning of like the the Western versions of the Nintendo Directs, and you know I just it'll be interesting to see if the new president takes up that role or if he finds someone else within Nintendo of Japan because that's the other thing is like you know Nintendo of Japan rules Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo of America is a puppet to Nintendo of Japan, so it would be really hard for me to see them let Reggie take the helm, one, just because he's not from Nintendo of Japan, but two, because he doesn't speak Japanese. So mm-hmm. they need and to you, come... And as... the directs have a big impact over there, too. So. Exactly. So they need to find somebody who's probably bilingual. I mean, yeah. or otherwise we're going to end up dealing with a translator what, what or about, subtitles. What uh, about maybe Bill Trinan? He's probably a good choice. I mean, yeah. he has actually kind of ended up hosting some of the directs that were just for the West yeah. already. Um, and, but know, he has that same kind of like, maybe not to the level of Iwata, but he still has that sort of like person-to-person person. Sure, he's a really charming guy. Yeah. A really good guy, by the way. He's a really, really good dude to just hang and out super with. super smart. Like, he knows everything there is to... You know, he, he knows everything about Nintendo and what's happening at any given time, it seems. And beyond fluent in Japanese. Yes. I mean, he's Miyamoto's right-hand man for a reason, whatever Miyamoto needs to be translated. He trusts him, so... And Nintendo trusts him. So, mm-hmm. you're right. I would be surprised if... That's actually a really good... Really good uh, Good point. It might be Bill Trennan who ends up taking up mm-hmm. that mantle and kind of doing both the Japanese and U.S. ones. But, you know, there's that whole corporate 
culture in Japan. Yeah. Where, you know... That was the other cool thing about Iwata was he, he also was sort of emblematic of that culture. Yeah. But he was sort of proof that it didn't have to be an alienating right. one. Right. You know? Yeah. It was like he made it charming. Yeah. You know, he got the business done, but he didn't make it feel like that. Yep. It's going to... It's, you know, everybody... I mean, on every level... Iwata is basically impossible to replace. Yeah, well, I mean, if you t- I think if you talk to Michael Pactor, he he might disagree with you on that one. He's not been a fan <laughs> of a, of Iwata ever, and uh, he caught a lot of grief because he, I think he made a comment after he passed, you know, expressing that he, his regret that he had passed and he was way too young to die. And then people were like, "Oh, but you know, you said he was a terrible executive," which. Is irrelevant doesn't to the mean fact... Michael Pactor wanted him dead. Right, <laughs> exactly. And it also doesn't mean that he didn't respect him as a person yeah. and he didn't think his heart was in it or anything like that. He just didn't think that he made the right decisions. And you know, you know how Twitter is in, in yeah. social media. So I mean, I certainly have my criticisms of how Nintendo's directional choices went in the last you know half decade or so. But like, you can't fault the man for you know, especially on his game development and his you know public facing side. Well, also, if it weren't for his tenure at Nintendo, they wouldn't have the money in the bank right now right. to be able to survive a massive flop like the Wii U, which they're mm-hmm. going to with aplomb. Like it's, yeah. it's just a mere flesh they could, wound. They could probably do like <laughs> two or three more of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean because of what Awada did with yeah. the DS and the Wii. So. Every coin has two sides, Matt. Yep. And, and that's, I think, the case for Awada as well. And uh, so let's talk about the content that they're going to show, because obviously a big part of Directs is like you get to yeah. see really the good looks at games. The timing is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, the first game, I think, this is going to probably be the last Direct. I don't see Nintendo doing another one in December. So the last one for 2015. Last one for this year, yeah. I would so, think so. So what I'm saying is that this is going to have to be a huge Xenoblade Chronicles X mm-hmm. presentation. I mean, the game comes out December 3rd? Is that right? That sounds right. First week of December, for sure. And we just got the code... I have that pre-ordered, and I don't remember when it comes... I don't remember when it's shipping. That's ridiculous. Why do I... What am I doing? <laughs> the crazy part is that we got review code today from Nintendo, <laughs> and I still don't know if there's enough time to get the review done for Embargo. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the Xenoblade. I mean, the, first, yeah. the, the Wii one was gigantic, I never finished too. the Wii one. I did finish most of the Wii one. I have it was not, just too much. I have not finished the 3DS version yeah. at all, but I, that was one of my favorite games. Uh, certainly my favorite JRPG last generation. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I played a JRPG for... 60 hours or more, which yeah. is what Xenoblade Chronicles X is. It's mm. of that length, just like the last Xenoblade. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was different, it was big, it was open, and I, you know, I really liked that they, you know, because it was localized in uh, Europe, so they used British voice actors. Yeah. And it was just sort of nice to play a game that didn't have all the usual suspects in it. Right, you know? yeah. I mean, I love Troy Baker yeah. to death, but I don't, <laughs> no Troy, I don't no need Nolan. him to be in I'm everything. Cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like all these guys I'd never heard their voices before, and it was cool. It felt a little more like an alien world I'd never visited before. Yeah, it was, so, was Rhine time. Yeah. Over so, and over. So are you going to play this, Matt? Are you going to play Xenoblade Chronicles? Um, I hope so. Because I don't have a Wii U, yeah. but I'm hoping to pick up one of those Black Friday bundles, like the 250 with like two games or something. Yeah, it's what 250 with Mario Kart and Splatoon, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So um, if I can get one of those, I will get. I will Are get you gonna that. go and wait in line on Black Friday? No. <laughs> <laughs> you silly man. I don't know. I saw a bundle today though for. If uh, I can get it online, I will order it. But but I'm not waiting in line for that shit. I don't do that. I think I saw on Xbox uh, one bundle today. I think we curated the story for it. It was like for Black Friday. It was the console. What was it? Was it like the? It was like 
the console and like a, a game and a, another thing was like 400 for the whole thing. Oh, it was with the Samsung TV is with what the TV, it was. TV, 500 bucks for the Xbox One and the TV. And a 40-inch Samsung decent panel. TV, yeah, too. I mean, any Samsung panel is pretty decent. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was another, I mean, there's been crazy doorbuster deals this week. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever done the Black Friday? I've like, never done it, thing? ever. Yeah. I've never done it for anything. Not for no. a TV or nothing. And look, I've... I've been very close. Like, I see these ads, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I want to do that. But then I drive past the Best Buy, mm-hmm. and it, like, I'm getting off work, like, the day before, like, Black Thursday or Gray Thursday or whatever you want to call it. And I'm driving past the Best Buy, and I see it, and I'm just like, I can't do it, man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If is it like- were all gamers, I would do it mm-hmm. because I love it. Like, I used to, for, like, launches and stuff like that, I love hanging out in lines and just talking to other players and just shooting the crap for four or five hours, waiting to get a console, getting excited about it. But when you're sitting there with people who are, like, trying to get, like, a washer and dryer and stuff mm. like that, like, I just don't know if there's going to be a connection there. Yeah. Like, It's a little depressing. <laughs> well, when you can get a washer and dryer for half price, it's like... Yeah, but then, then I start thinking about, like, all the fucking... You know, I start thinking about all the economic realities that make it, you know, that, that there's bullshit that people need to do that just to get necessities. Yeah, yeah. And, like... And then I just get, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to get a cheap video game. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> and the person next to you, like, needs like, to wash their this, clothes. Yeah, the person next to me needs to wash their children's clothes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can get, I can get Halo real cheap. And it's just like, yeah, fuck me. Yeah, well, I'm just like, get chances out. are you're not standing in line. You know, you're no. not going to wait in line to get Halo. Well, so. the other thing is, like, you know, part of it is, you know, there's a point at which, like, what's worth your time versus what's worth your money? Yeah, well, uh, the and question is, is, like, how much. Is your time worth in dollars? Right. I think we've tried to ask that question. We sifted a little bit. It's like, you know, how much do people value their time? You know, right. do they are they willing to spend a little bit of money to save themselves hours or not? Yeah. So and I'm generally not willing to stand out in the cold to save like 200 bucks on a TV that I don't really even need. Not that although, we have to really stand Frank, out in the cold yeah, here. Oh, yeah, this year probably not. <laughs> although I will say this is just Los Angeles in a nutshell. Is like I'm driving over here. And there's like people walking around in like the long woolen coats oh, yeah. and the puffy jackets and scarves yeah. and woolen hats. It's 72 degrees yeah. out. There's right a li- now. Yeah, it's like actually it's like, at night has been getting down to like 65 with yeah. a little breeze. And you would but think- it's room temperature out there, and everyone's dressed like the blizzard of 42 is coming in. It's ridiculous. I know everybody wants to show their winter outfits because they don't get to wear them in LA at all. But it's just like like you don't need a giant woolen hat on. Like you're yeah. not losing that much heat out of your head. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's about as warm as like a store I, I, yeah I feel like I, I'm going a little off on a tangent here but just it's an anecdote like I bought a winter coat 11 years ago <laughs> and it still looks brand new because nice. the only time I ever wear it is like the week that I go home for Christmas to the east coast like otherwise it just sits in the closet all year round yep. and I don't really snowboard anymore so I don't take it out for that it's literally 11 years old and it looks like the day I bought it well, I went out <laughs> I, on Friday we had, I had a nighttime shoot and I went out and I wore a jacket because it was like 50 degrees. Yeah. And I realized it was the first time I'd worn a jacket in 2015. Yeah, it's crazy. It has been very warm. Yeah. So let's get back but, on topic for Nintendo um, Direct. So Speaking of out in the cold, yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was Zing! mean. But, uh, no, if I can get one uh, you know, for, for the right price, I will absolutely get a Wii U. Mainly because I want to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, then you have all that other. Stuff I'm not you can going play. to claim that Xenoblade Chronicles is going to be a system seller for the Wii U, but it is selling me the system. Will you go back and play games like Super Mario World? Oh yeah, I'll play Super uh, Mario 3D World. I've got actually, I actually own several Wii U games, like in because pre- I didn't know how long a lot of the stuff's going to stay in print. Yeah, and as we all know, once Nintendo games go out of print, like see ya. Yeah, like, you know, you can't get they them. Don't anymore. come back. 
Yeah. So I've got like Wonderful 101, Lego City Undercover, um, um, Mario Kart. Mar- no, I don't have Mario Kart. Uh, I'm not a, not a huge Mario Kart fan. Really? At all. Um, never have been. Uh, I have uh, Bayonetta 2. I have uh, a Transformers Prime game that I got in a sweepstakes thing, I think, <laughs> for some reason. And um, there's one more I got. Oh, Pikmin three. Oh, okay, that's a pretty so, good. That's a good starting library you got there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, a lot of the essentials. There's stuff I'm interested in. It's just it's got it's this thing where I'm like I'm not I don't want to pay like three fifty for like, you know, last gen hardware and my yeah. first tablet. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I just you know the price is slowly coming down to where I think it should be. Okay, so here's my other question about the Nintendo Direct: Is do you think they're going to bring the mobile content? Into hmm. the directs. So with me, what else Mitomo do, or Mitomo? Do yeah. you think Mitomo? What else do they is have going to, to be a part about? of the direct? What else do they have to talk about? Really? I mean, I mean, I guess they talk about that new Animal Crossing thing, or like, I mean, what, Amiibo like, Festival. Yo-kai? Maybe they might talk about Yokai. Yokai. It came out today, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and that's a big, big deal for them. I yo-kai mean, they want to try to foster that franchise as yeah. much as they can here in the states. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit on that. But mm. you're right. I mean, there's not a lot for them to talk about at this point. Like I mean, a lot the, of the Wii U games that are have been announced are coming out or have already yeah. come out. Like I, can't, I think I think they'll do Xenoblade. I think they'll do Yokai Watch, and I think they will um, probably have a big thing on Star Fox coming yeah. next year. And you know, maybe they'll touch on the mobile, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did like a direct entirely about the mobile move when it was closer to happening next year. Or what about Triforce Heroes? They might do something on that they because do, it just yeah. came out and like they stopped doing directs. Like usually they would have done one just right. for that game, and they did put out like other content with like some yeah. of the developers. Well, and... that's the other thing is like Triforce Heroes would would be a good like you could get a really good segment out of it if you have everybody play it on camera together right. and sort of like you know get like. Yeah, you know, yeah. They used to do that where they get like some of the, the top level guys together, and you know they do that on the E3 stage too, where they they play something together and then they sort of like have a lot of reactions and stuff. Yeah. And you can definitely do that with Triforce Heroes and make it a good segment. Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, they might do a little bit on because yeah. that comes out here in like a week or two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done a lot of press for that. So. I think it'd be fun to see them do a uh, like a Fatal Frame thing. Um, but I feel like that that ship not, sailed. That ship sailed. It's, it's <laughs> Halloween is over, and that game's not going to get a push. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I'm excited to see the changes, like corporately, mm-hmm. to see how they represent themselves without a Wada and things like that. As far as games content, I mean, I'm not that excited because I mean they've already covered Xenoblade Chronicles in yeah. directs before. So, I mean, maybe we get Zelda. Am I being crazy? Yes. I mean, I don't know. That president wants to come out and make a big splash. I'm just saying. That game's not anywhere near the thing we're gonna see yet. You never know. E3. Nintendo's known for surprises. E3 if we're lucky and it's not going to be on the Wii U anyway, so. We'll see. So, <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to wait till Friday. So, Friday Nintendo's Direct will go up. When I think is, is it the 12th? Or the 12th, 12th, yeah. Would that be Friday? It's That's Thursday. Thursday. Okay, my bad. So, Thursday it happens. Um, they don't really do them live anymore. They just kind of post no. the video and you watch it. So. But we all watch it together, so it's yeah. kind of live. Yeah, I it's guess pre- so. It's pre-produced, but it's, right. a, it's a shared experience. Yeah, I guess. That's a good way to put it. Uh, but obviously on uh, Sifted, we will definitely curate the the live replaying that they usually do. And, and then, then we'll you ha- can go jump on the forums and talk about it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and uh, break them. 
And then we'll post the archive, obviously, for those of you who actually have jobs and have to work on Thursday and can't sit and watch a live Nintendo stream <laughs> in the middle of the day. What kind of jobs don't let you do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be on it for you All guys. But uh, look for Thursday if you want to watch it live. It will definitely be up on Sifted. So, time to move on, Matt, mm. to Black Ops 3. Um, hooray! Yeah, hooray! <laughs> that seems to have been the reception to this game. Like. Yeah. But isn't that the reception to every Call of Duty? At this point, yeah. I, mean, it was, when I, was, I, was, I saw a thread on Gaff about, like, you know, rank, rank the Call of Duty campaigns, like, your favorite to the least. And I, like, I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, my favorite, you know, number one, Modern Warfare 2. Number two, Modern Warfare 1. Number three, Call of Duty 2. Number four, Call of Duty 1. Number five, everything else. Really? Like, I just, I, to me, that series is OG Infinity Ward, and I don't... I don't care particularly much for any of the other. You didn't like Black Ops, the first one, with the branching campaign Total, and like how totally, it had like the strategy stuff in it. Totally uninteresting to me. Really, I not, really liked. Not it. the story, like the, that kind of like story with the number stations and all the weird conspiracy shit. I love that shit. Yeah. But the the campaign did not grab me in any way. Really, whatsoever. I really liked it. I didn't didn't care. I uh, loved it. It had like the branching decision pass and everything. There's, there's just something about Infinity Ward. I love the way Infinity Ward tells a story, and I just don't feel like Treyarch or the people who took over. How, Modern how Warfare you should 3. rephrase that? You liked the way Infinity Ward told stories because their last couple games haven't been great. Well, Infinity Ward. I mean, OG Infinity Ward before right. everybody the Exodus to respawn. Because right, right. the people who made Modern Warfare Three. We're not the same team that right. made one and two. Yeah, probably and I didn't. And I didn't finish Modern Warfare three. I didn't. It didn't. Again, that didn't grab me. Whatever, whatever filter they're running those things through. Because I figure at some point when the game series gets as big as that, you have to run that shit through like fourteen different corporate masters. Yeah. And I feel like it, I, they all feel kind of bland to me now. Well, and, I'll say uh, one thing. I feel like uh, Treyarch, who made Black Ops three and Black Ops two and Black Ops, I feel like they took a step back with the campaign in this game. I mean, compared to Black Ops 2, where, again, you had these few pivotal decisions that you made that actually sent the story off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot more gameplay variety in the campaign for Black Ops 2, like I mentioned earlier. Like, there were, they had those, like, crazy, like, strategy sections. Did you play any of those? I played a very little Black Ops 2, but I, re- oh. I remember the strategy stuff and kind of the... And they didn't nail it. Like, and the, the UAV stuff you could do yeah. and all that. They didn't nail that part of it, but it was still kind of fun and like a nice diversion to kind of get away from just shooting people in the face for mm-hmm. like six hours. Um, the one thing, I do, I, one thing I do res- really respect about Treyarch is how like you can never say a Treyarch Call of Duty doesn't give you content like for your money. Oh, it's like, insane! They it's pack insane. Those games full of so much stuff, even before you start getting into like the paid DLC. Yeah, like all. I mean, they they definitely pack those games full of stuff to do. Well, yeah, like it came out of that they once again hid that like twin twin stick shooter arcade mm-hmm. game in there, and that was in Black Ops Two as well. Um, obviously, there's the zombies mode, which everybody knows about. But then, like the campaign, if you finish it and then you go back, like it turns into this like different kind of playthrough, mm-hmm. like. And then they have the co-op for pretty much everything. You can play the campaign in co-op. You can play zombies, obviously, in co-op. You think they're ever going to just, just... Is is this, like, series eventually, like, leading to, like, Black Ops zombie apocalypse? Like, I don't will, know. Will they, will they finally just go ahead and make the zombie game? I mean, a lot of people have been asking that just for them to release a zombie mode separately from, mm-hmm. all, from all the other modes. And they have people pay, like, 20 bucks for it or whatever. But I don't think they'll ever do that because they want you to buy I feel that. like that's splitting the, the brand. It totally know, does. Yeah. And I also don't think they'll ever do just a straight-up Call of Duty zombies game. I just don't see it, it happening. It seems too far afield. 
I mean, look, they've been <laughs> spreading their wings a little bit over the last yeah. couple releases. I mean, you know, they're so far into the future now that it's, like, turned into a sci-fi game yeah. more than, like, a, sh- a first-person shooter. It almost feels like I'm watching, like, a Michael Bay movie or well, I've always felt like if you're well, watching starting, a Michael Bay well, movie. Yeah, but, well, but it's starting to feel like eventually, like, like if this keeps going, they're going to, like, link up with Titanfall Transformers. in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, or that's what's going to happen. They're going to end up... They're going to, like, storm into a Transformers movie set, and the two franchises are just going to fuse together into one mega beast. Activision <laughs> does have the Transformers license. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine that? How, like, it, how, how crazy it would was that like, be? It's, like, equal parts stupid and perfect. And awesome. It's, yeah, it's imagine like, the press they would get if they did that. Yeah. If, they're, if, like, the new old Russian was, like, oh, my God, there's a Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> And I will say the campaign in this Can game... Can you imagine the trailer reveal for that? Oh, like my God. E3, it would go where nuclear. Like, where suddenly Optimus Prime just transforms in front of like Captain Price or something. I just gave them the best idea ever. Yeah, there you go, Activision. <laughs> we do that on this show. We just give away these billion, yeah. dollar, billion dollar ideas for Call of Duty, basically. If One... you do that in the same year as a Michael Bay Transformers movie, gold. Yeah, for sure. Gold. And you don't have to make High Moon make one of those like horrible... <laughs> movie tie-in games. Yeah, or Platinum for that matter. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the campaign in Black Ops 3 is that it does kind of go for the shock value again. Like, there's nothing quite as bad as No Russian, but there's some pretty gnarly stuff in the campaign. Yeah, I heard there's some things with robots that are yeah. a little questionable. Oh, for sure. Like, they push the boundaries, which Treyarch kind of does that. Yeah. And Black Ops 2 had some pretty off-the-cuff stuff, but again, nothing as bad as, old Ru- as No Russian, but... It gets close in this game, um, and I, I, I like that. I let you know they are kind of a cultural touch point, whether we want to admit it or not. Like a new Call of Duty game is something that everyone talks about, and it's one of those uh, forms of media that can be used as like a Trojan horse to mm-hmm. the wider people who, who I'm, consume. I'm interested in like who does because like I, I got to admit, like all my none of my casual gamer friends like ask me about game stuff. Yeah, none of them are playing or have even mentioned Black Ops. Though. Oh, really? Um, but I, I bet you can guess what they are talking about. Fallout. No. Tomb Raider. Next week. Next week. Oh. Everybody's talking about Battlefront. Yeah. So, do I think that that's going to like outlast Black Ops Three? Probably not in terms of people who hardcore play the game every night. Yeah, no way. But like the casual market is like Battlefront, Battlefront, Battlefront right now. They're like, is that any, is it good? Is it good? like everybody's yeah. like, oh, I've seen this thing. Because it's new. It it's new, and it's Star Wars, and Star Wars to is them, like, it's like hot. brand new. Like they don't even probably even know that the other yeah. Battlefronts exist. Well, dude, like we forget that like we're so plugged into these things. Sorry, G Force slogan plugged in. <laughs> um, but like you know, a few you know, it was a few weeks ago. I was at like you know football. I might have mentioned this before. I was at football, and uh, on Sunday, and the next day was the day that like the new Star Wars trailer was going up on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and like two people in our gr- in the group watching the game had no idea a new Star Wars movie was coming out. This wow, <laughs> like people don't fucking pay <laughs> attention to this stuff. Yeah, like we're right. we're total dorks. No, like, I know. We're the I've only known that forever, man. Pay, we're the only ones who pay attention to this shit. <laughs> is this a new revelation for you, Matt? We're no, dorks, but it's we're a, nerds? But, no, but we forget that, like, we know about the Even, like, most people find out about these things, like, the month before they come yeah, out when yeah. they start running the commercials. The marketing, yeah. On primetime, primetime shows and the NFL games. That's why advertising on NFL games and primetime TV is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you reach those people who make your game from a hit to a mega hit. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so I uh, I've been enjoying Black Ops Three, and you know I'm, I am a call, I do enjoy Call of Duty. I generally play it every year. I will say that I didn't play Ghost hardly at all. 
Um, literally, hardly at all. I think I got. I never even got to like level twenty in Ghost Multiplayer before I bailed on mm. it. I, yeah, you you really don't like that game. I don't at all. I thought it was the worst Call of Duty probably ever. Mm. In all honesty, other than I, like the handheld versions. I do own it, but I've never opened it. I I paid five dollars for it. That's what it's worth, pretty okay. much. Like I, it, literally, it's the worst Call of Duty console Call of Duty, in my opinion, mm. of all of them. So. But Advanced Warfare, I did play the crap out of. Like, I prestige in Advanced Warfare and, like, probably stuck with it two months after it was out. Just kind of like that game that I pick up and play when I had a spare minute here or there. Mm. Um, Black Ops 3, man, I, I'm playing it, and I'm not sick of it. I haven't prestige yet. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like it is... One, is the campaign, like I said, was a step back for Treyarch. And then mm. I feel like the multiplayer is a step back in general for the series. Like, I just feel like taking away that traversal that we had in the last game, it just feels like... Last game being Advanced Warfare. Advanced Warfare. Yeah. I just feel like it... There's all these skills that you learned in Advanced Warfare, and now they're just, like, atrophying. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... Taking stuff away, I just don't think is ever the right decision, it's particularly with a game like this. It's like, once you've kind of established that, and look the crossover between Advanced Warfare and Black Ops 3, it's the same audience. It's not like Treyarch has an audience and Sledgehammer, whoever has an audience. It's like, it's all Call of Duty. And right. Most people don't even know that they're made by different people. No. They're just like, it's the next Call of Duty game. And so, I, I think that was a mistake to take away stuff. Like, Treyarch, I feel like it's smart enough that they could have actually enhanced what was done in Advanced Warfare and made it even better, or just fine-tuned it or mm. whatever. So You wonder how much of that is just like production time lag over, you know, how far along was Treyarch by the time Advanced Warfare? Was well, they're on a three-year cycle now. Up. They yeah. had a lot. That's the thing. Like they had a lot more time to make this game too. And still, I you know I feel like the gameplay mm-hmm. is a pretty significant step back. But again, I am enjoying it. And I, I'm just really curious about like the internal politics of that kind of thing because you know, there were certainly internal politics between the old Infinity Ward and Treyarch and Activision. But I wonder they're if they're not I, even internal politics no, at not this anymore. Point. <laughs> now they're now they're public record. But yeah. like, but you got to wonder like you know you know. Does Treyarch feel like, you know, maybe Sledgehammer, like, did their... Was it Sledgehammer in Advanced Warfare? Yeah. Yeah, so they did, you know, their version of things, and maybe maybe Treyarch's like, it's too much. Like, this is what... You know, we're, we want to do it like this. Like, yeah. So maybe they have, like, differing philosophies, and they're kind of allowed One to One thing I will say ideas. is that there's still, like, 10 million people a month, I believe it is, playing Black Ops 2 online. And it came mm-hmm. out, like, five years ago or something. So, so, you know, so Treyarch might be on to something? I'm saying Treyarch knows what Treyarch it's knows doing. What they're doing. And yeah. Treyarch makes great games. Like, the quality level in Black Ops 3, it's top shelf, man. Like, there, you don't see, like, glitch videos mm. from, like, Black Ops games or Call so of Duty games. Better, like, th- better than uh, Halo? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that, I guess that's part of my point, too, that I wanted to make, is that I feel like Black Ops 3 is better than Halo 5. Like, I am enjoying it more. I know I'm going to play it longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think... You're I have about, not played Black Ops 3, but I have no problem believing it's better than Halo 5. Yeah, I mean, and look, Halo 5 has actually grown on me a little bit, the multiplayer has, since launch and since mm-hmm. I, I did the game event for it. I really but, found the the Warzone stuff dis, uh, distasteful to yeah. me because of the... Big Team Battle comes next week, by yeah, the Big way. Big Team Battle I'm into, I'll, I'll come back, I mean, it's right now it's, it's all Battlefront and Fallout and everything, and yeah. then Thanksgiving, and then, you know, so... I don't know if I'll jump into Big Team Battle immediately, but I think in December... Uh, especially if I don't get a Wii U uh, on Black Friday, I will probably go back to Big Team Battle and give it another shot. But like the Warzone stuff, I just felt, and maybe I'm missing something, but like I just, there were points where like the other team would play like a bunch of Scorpion tank cards and my team had nothing to counter that with, so we just had to kind of sit there while they rolled over us in yeah. Scorpions. And uh, at a certain point, it's just like, yeah, so these guys all, all were willing to spend like three bucks on gold packs and we weren't. 
So. Well, I think the other thing, too, that you can see when comparing Black Ops 3 to Halo 5 is like, okay, you had two teams here who were given several years to make the game. Mm -hmm. Like, neither team was rushed and had to put it out in a year or two years. Black Ops 3 is a higher quality game. Like, it shows to me that, you know, Treyarch is a better, probably a better studio mm -hmm. than 343. And granted, 343 hasn't been around anywhere near as long as Treyarch has, but not even just like the quality, but just the amount of game right. there. Well, also, There's no comparison. Does Black Ops 3's campaign, have you finished the campaign? I have, yeah. So does Black Ops 3's campaign have a beginning, a middle, and end? What do you mean? Like, like Act 1, Act 2, yeah. Act 3? Yeah, yeah. Because like, Halo, I mean, but Black Halo Ops does that, you know, right, because like it's made Halo, by Hollywood people. But Halo doesn't have that. No. Halo's just one long, dragged out Act 1. It really is, you're right. And so like right there, like that's a better... If, that you know, is one advantage to having people who work on films consult on a game. Is that they get like the basic tenets of storytelling? Yeah. Is that there's three acts in a play or a film or a musical, and there's a reason for that. It's the yeah. way the human brain. I mean, I may not have like totally in, like liked you know the story in Black Ops One or whatever, but like at least I didn't think the ending like with Halo Five. I felt the end. What happens at the end of Halo Five should have happened at like Mission Four, right? Yeah. And the rest of the game should have been about the fallout from that. Yeah, and like. At least the Black Ops games seem to kind of like give you some meat to the story. Yeah. You know, they tell a complete arc of a story oh, from sure. beginning to end. And, and some... there's not just one twist in their stories. Yeah. <laughs> which is like how Halo was. It's like, oh, here's the twist. Like, yeah. It's, it's funny that like people seem to like take all those twists and kind of stride now. Whereas yeah. originally, I remember you know, when Infinity War first started that series, it was like, I can't believe they killed. My right. marine guy, I can't yeah, believe yeah. they they <laughs> EMP'd the East Coast. I can't, you know, all the, yeah, I can't believe Russia invaded America. It was, you know, they, they were they they were really willing to like go crazy. I can't believe well, you just had me it, shoot Fidel Castro in the face. Like it's like you know. Well, a lot of it is because really Infinity Ward is the one who still concentrates on keeping that consistent story from one to the next. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Black Ops and like Advanced Warfare kind of Black Ops just... is more of like a theme yeah. carried over. Yeah. Exactly. Although there's, there, there's characters that are consistent there are, yeah. through them. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as like the plot, like it seems right. like it stays more consistent with the games that Infinity War makes. So. Yeah, Modern Warfare, the Modern Warfare is like a trilogy. Right. Whereas like Black Ops is more like Here's the same guy. Conspiracy crazy shit sort of circled around, sort of centered around one dude through the years. Right, yeah. And he just seems to stumble upon one weird conspiracy after another. Some people got all the luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Comparing it to Halo 5, I say Black Ops 3 is a better game, period. Now, obviously, the next game on the horizon here, you had mentioned earlier, Star Wars Battlefront coming out next week. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one, I think, may be a little tougher. To figure out which is better. Because, look, I did play a ton of the beta for mm -hmm. Battlefront. I feel like I have a good handle on how the game plays. Obviously, the modes were very limited. And I feel like modes in this game maybe make a bigger difference than in a lot of other shooters. Yeah, there's a lot of different modes, and some of them are very, very Well, there's vehicles different. in this, yeah, which the, the fighter Black Ops still doesn't sure. have vehicles per se. Yeah, well, I, I remember when Treyarch tried vehicles and it didn't work out so well. So yeah. World, World at War was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. But um, the, uh, you know, Battlefront, you know, Battlefront is going to be a very different beast. Uh, I think it's a much simpler game yeah. in a lot of ways. You yeah. know, I don't know if the depth is there to capture the people who make Black Ops kind of a constant a constant presence in yeah. the online scape. The people who are making a ton of money streaming Call of Duty are not going to stick with Battlefront, I don't right. think. And I mean, Battlefront, I can see myself playing a lot more because I love Star Wars. And yeah. 
I love the V. That's the other thing is Battlefield has always captured my imagination more than Call of Duty in general because it has the vehicles, it has the yeah. scale, it, it makes has a the big scope, difference. Yeah, and I find that more interesting. Um, I'm not saying it's inherently better. It's just what I'm what more you interested prefer, in. Yeah. And so once you make, you know, and if you make that helicopter, that F-16 into an X-Wing, now you've got my attention twice. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but it's going to be interesting to see if, like, you know, it's a very, it's, the game is clearly made for Star Wars fans more than gamers, yeah. I think. You know, it's, it's meant to pull in people who maybe haven't played a Star Wars game in, like, ten years or yeah. something, you know? And, they're uh, going to hate it, though. I know, I think they're They're going to get their butts kicked. To some degree, yeah. To every degree, Matt. Well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> they're gonna get their asses handed to them. I think you were playing against much better people than I was in that beta. Really? Yeah, I was number one like constantly. I, I mean, wasn't. and I'm not. I wasn't good. at all. I finished like around like even or a little over pretty much every game. There no, were a I couple was, games where I got like I was like twenty and five or whatever, but for the most part, I was part, getting that constantly. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Not I'm like, me. I'm not a first person shooter savant by yeah. any means, but I was just ripping people apart. Part of it was because people didn't realize that aiming down the down the sights <laughs> doesn't affect your aim right. quality. It's it's purely visual. So yeah. like. Some guy who's like trying to carefully aim at me, Call of Duty style. Like I still have the same accuracy if I'm just circle striping like a crazy person and quick firing. Yeah. So like, so eventually people are gonna have to learn because the only thing that aiming down sights does for you in a close combat situation in Battlefront is it halves your speed, it does, which makes yeah. you a lot easier for me to shoot. Yeah, exactly. So people are gonna have to learn that, and I, you know, I had to unlearn it too because up from. Well, Call I think of... some people would scope in for headshots though. Oh yeah, it helps for that. But if you, I'm talking about like. People were doing the Call of Duty thing where as soon as you see someone, you scope you in because scope yeah. you're more accurate, and then you can yeah. like take them out in the head, yeah. and you know because that's like how you win basically. Yeah, yeah. And in Battlefront, that doesn't help you, yeah, so yeah. it's going to be a little bit of relearning. But um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think it's possible that the hardcore crowd will just kind of gravitate back to like Call of Duty or whatever. I think that's exactly. And the casuals will just keep playing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how long a casual keeps playing something like it that. It depends on how bad they're getting their bus kicked. True. I think that's the quotient but right that, there. But the, the <laughs> trick is, you know, you know, they've got a lot of tutorial, you know, tutorial stuff in there we weren't able to access in the beta, so we'll see yeah. if that helps you. You know, because clearly something in there needs to explain to people how you play the Walker Assault. Yeah, for sure. The rebels didn't get it most yeah. of the time, and um, the thing about, like you said, all the different modes. I think the advantage Battlefront has is if someone's getting their ass kicked in one particular thing, they can go do something else. Well, I mean, they can do that in. Black Ops Three. There's a million other things to do. Oh with yeah. Black Ops Three. But like, I mean, that to me Battle... is the detriment of Battlefront. Is that all you really have is head-to-head multiplayer? Like, you don't have. Oh, that's not true. You you have the you have the horde mode stuff. You have the yeah. fi- fighter squadron stuff. You have very different takes on them. You know, the Walker Assault is very different from you know the standard team deathmatch. You have the hero mode thing where everybody we have to kill the hero versus like. I, I want to see casual people playing Walker Assault. I think it would be very interesting. Well, that's the thing. They need to have a thing that explains how that works. Because the beta didn't. And even, like, you know, even people that were clearly, like, real, you know, hardline gamers, like, were having trouble figuring out on the Rebels side. Well, because the other problem with that is, like, both sides don't have to figure it out. Yeah. If the Rebels don't figure it out, they lose. If the Imperials don't figure it out, the Walkers just, like, go to win. You know, it's like, it's like, both, you know, if, if both sides had to do a thing to succeed, you would see people figure it out quicker because, like, otherwise, no one was ma- would make any progress. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to have it's going to do really well. It's going to sell like crazy. it's going to sell it, copies. It's going like to sell crazy. like crazy. But I think what you're going to see is, and this, I think a lot of it will depend on DLC and the mm-hmm. schedule of the DLC. But I think you're going to see really strong first, like 
two, three months. Because it'll... It's coming out, like, next week. It'll have mm-hmm. a huge November. It'll have a huge December. Because once the flick comes out and people are, like, all geeking out over Star Wars, everyone's going to go yeah. buy this game. Well, especially because they're going to have the deals, the free DLC with Jakku from the new movie. In it. Yep. And then, so, people will get it for Christmas then. And then that next month, all the way through January, I feel like it's going to be huge. And I think right around January is where you're going to start to see the decline. Well, I, think, I think right around there is exactly where they need to put the first major DLC pack out. They do. And they're messaging that to casual people mm-hmm. who are going to be buying this game might be a challenge. Well, I think you put, I mean, I'm sure the game itself will have, you know, like, like every game almost now with an online component has that, you know, that stupid splash screen yeah. that hits you in the face with what's new. Yeah. You know, every time you log in. But, and, uh, I mean, Dice. It, Dice does really robust DLC expansions. It does, yeah, so for sure. If they can get that done in time to sort of hit that lull before it becomes critical mass, yeah. like I think you'll have a nice flow through there. But again, we don't know. They haven't said anything about their DLC plans. I mean, look, it, the game could change over time. Like they could make the gameplay more nuanced over time. Like if they start to see mm-hmm. that they're bleeding players, they could start making changes to make it more palatable to that Call of Duty audience. But if they don't do that, what I see happening mm-hmm. is at the end of January, you start to see the gradual curve of the people weaning off of that. And I mm-hmm. believe, I think, they'll slide over and start playing Black Ops 3. And uh, as far as like this game, like looking at Black Ops 2, how there's still 10 million people playing it five years later, do I think that'll happen with this game? No, I don't really think, think it will. Mm-hmm. Although, keep it, you know, I mean, it's not as big as Black Ops 2, obviously, but you can still, for a long time, you can still log on and find people playing Battlefront 2. Really? Battlefront 2 stayed well, it could active. Be a case, too, where if the hardcores start leaving Battlefront, it could make it actually more appealing to the casual That's people because exactly they're not getting their asses too. handed yeah. to them constantly. If it becomes <laughs> kind of this weird casual paradise. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes, but... But aren't we supposed to think that like only casuals play black play Call of Duty anyway? Which is totally bull crap. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that what we're supposed <laughs> to think? Right, like, right. Because it's all just bros. Because the only people, the only I think at this point, the only genre that's hardcore is like RPGs. I think mm. that's like the last genre like that like the otaku were like, yeah, you got to play this if you're hardcore. It's like whatever. Well, MOBAs. No, MOBAs I don't, don't think. Mo- I think MOBAs. I think people who play MOBAs are considered like. Dude, bros, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even handle mobas. Yeah, I'm. They're, that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing we're saying about Call of Duty. Like I'm all these people who t- say, "Oh, well, I can't." People handle... who play Call of Duty are cat. They'll go into the game and get their asses kicked. Like, well, I don't think of moba players as like casuals. I think of them as like crazy children. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't. It's, it's like I don't get mobas not because like I'm too hardcore. I don't get mobas because I'm old. Mobas, <laughs> I feel like, are the most mainstream genre right now, in my opinion. I. Don't see how you could defend that. Really? In terms of like number of people who play it, absolutely, it's totally no, no, no. Mainstream. You don't understand, Matt. Like things have completely changed. Like if you are a good League of Legends player in like high school now, like you're getting girls, dude. Like that's how things have changed. Like not just getting girls, like swatting them off of you. Like, Does that count mainstream though? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like Matt, since we were in high school, high school has changed. A lot. Well, I get that. It's but... not all about like the jocks walking around like beating up the nerds anymore. That's not how it works. Right, no, like... that, I know that it wasn't like that when I was there, frankly. But like, uh, what I'm saying is like maybe I would. I think I don't think I can consider it mainstream until the ESPN like guys stop making fun of it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's the it's most coming. mainstream genre. It's right coming. Now. League of Legends is like the game that like people play. Well, it's definitely the biggest game on the planet. Yeah, for sure. But 
I don't know if that makes it non-nerd. <laughs> you know? I mean, as far as playing it, like you have to be hardcore to play that game. Oh yeah. No ifs or ands or buts about it. So. Well, it's your job, yeah. basically. If, you, if you're good, at, if you're good at it, if you're really yeah. doing it, it's your job. The times are changing. It's good. It's good to see that. You know, people who are good at video games have like some clout in high school. Like, I love mm-hmm. seeing that, man. It's like well, I saw some. Stu- it was a few years ago. But it was basically a study on like gaming and all that, and like of like young kids. It was like you know five to seven or eight, I yeah. think. And basically, if a kid didn't play a, play video games, they were more likely to be ostracized by their peers because they. It was like not watching football or not yeah. watching like the hot news TV show when we were kids. You had nothing to talk about with your peers. Yeah, yeah. And like I so, totally. so the kids who don't play games are the weird ones now. Yeah, I get it. I believe it. Yeah. It's good to see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time to. I would just cap that by saying, you know, I have played a good bit of a good bit of Battlefront, and uh, obviously, I've played a ton of Halo Five. I played a ton of Black Ops Three, and I do think the best shooter of the year, in my opinion, is Black Ops Three. So, somebody asked me which one of the three to buy for a long term value and what they're going to get the most out of, and they're a decent player. I would say Black Ops Three. But we'll see. Maybe all these other modes will change my mind about Battlefront. But mm-hmm. based upon what I played right now, that's my opinion anyway. So let's move on to the next topic. So over this past weekend, BlizzCon happened, Matt. So I hear. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the point. It's like, so I hear. Like, yeah. there wasn't really any huge stories coming out of BlizzCon this year. Is there no any... big game announcements. Are like... there any huge stories coming out of Blizzard in general anymore? Well, I mean, someone would say Heroes of the Storm when it was announced was a big yes. deal. I mean... I just, I don't know, man. I, I hate to channel Marcus on this, but like when it comes to the Blizzard stuff, I just don't care. Really? Like I just, I, none of it. I mean, I'm kind of mildly interested in StarCraft too, just because I want to see how that story ends. Yeah. Um, after all these years, but uh, it's, it's just not. I mean, I'm not in a Hearthstone. I'm not in. So Heroes Overwatch the Storm. is their new game. Yeah. And I, yeah. That that so that you're not interested in Overwatch at really. all? Really? No. I think it's interesting that they're making it because it's such a departure for Blizzard. Yeah. It's not, you know, a competitive multiplayer shooter is not what you expect from that company. It's um, getting really good impressions from its beta. Yeah. Lots of positive feedback. But also remember that. that I'm not, I don't really care about competitive, you know, shooter multiplayer very much. Yeah. So it's not my, it's not up my alley to yeah. begin with. But if, you know, eventually I'll, pro- I'll try, probably try it because eventually it looks like this is like the next big thing. So you're going to have to be literate in it at least. <laughs> well, I think the problem is, is that it looks like too many other games. Yeah. Like, there's a game by Splash Damage called Dirty Bomb that kind of looks like mm-hmm. it. You have Gearboxes. Yeah, you... I kept confusing this with Gearbox's game for a while. And then, and also with uh, Cliffy's game. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Project Blue Streak. What's it called? Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers, yeah. Lawbreakers looks a little bit like this. It's like they're all kind of starting to bleed together a little bit. But So the big deal, I guess, the big announcement that was made, I don't even know if it was an announcement, but for some reason, everybody had assumed that this game was going to be free-to-play. I don't know why. Like I had assumed it as well, um, but it turns out it's not. Free to play right, <laughs> especially games that look like this. Yeah. Like Cliffy's game is free to play. Like, it looks Dirty like Bomb Fortress, is free to so play. So you're just sort of like, oh, it must be free. Yeah. So it's not. And the other caveat to that is, is that the PC version is going to be forty dollars, but then the console version is going to be sixty dollars. Hmm. And apparently, there's like some expansion packs or something that they're going to include in the console versions to rationalize the extra 20 bucks but i don't know 
It's kind of weird that it's kind of weird for everyone to assume something's going to be free. Imagine how Blizzard felt when everyone was like, "This game's going to be free." <laughs> this game looks like it should cost nothing. Exactly. That's what yeah, right. That's, you're not gonna... exactly. And they're like, "Oh, wait a minute. We're actually charging full price for this thing." So that was one of the big announcements for Overwatch. They also showed off three new characters for the game. Um, I'm curious if like that's really. I'm curious if a console release for something like that is particularly wise. Because that kind of game doesn't seem to do very well on consoles. I mean, look... It, I keep thinking about that Shadowrun game. Yeah. Or, frankly, even Evolve. Yeah. I mean, Evolve made its money and then some, though. I mean, it's, yeah. so, it just, it's community just But it's kind of over. Quickly. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, if there's an Evolve 2, I don't know if it would do as well as Evolve 1. True. I mean, I think a lot of people bought into the concept without ever trying mm-hmm. it. And then once they tried it, they're like, wait a minute, I'm just chasing this dude around. Like, <laughs> Get back time. here, giant yeah, monster. Really Where are you going? Worked. That's how that whole game yeah. was. I felt like I was always chasing and never in combat in that game. But again, full full price, multiplayer only kind of thing. Like, mm, con- I mean, I, we're getting that with Battlefront. But obviously Battlefront's huge property and yeah, vehicles a, and everything. This is pretty much just a I mean, straight Star up Wars class-based like, shooter. Star Wars makes you a little immune to the, a lot of the pitfalls of that. Whereas like... You don't already have an attachment to this property, so yeah. where's the hook? Yeah. Where's the, more importantly, where's the $60 hook? Right. For a multiplayer-only game, that's a yeah. tough sell. Because even if you look at, like, uh, you know, with, with Call of Duty this year, they're not putting out the campaign on, on last gen, and so they dropped the price a little bit. Like, $40 seems right, you know? And on PC, yeah. it is $40, but you go to up to and 60 And there'll be deals, and there'll be things, you, know, you know, you'll be able to get it for whatever price you feel you want to pay on PC, probably. Yeah. Whereas console, you're gonna be locked into that sixty dollars. Maybe you'll get like a you know, some kind of you know deal on something. You know, ever periodically you get maybe forty. You might be able to get, you might be able to get it for for forty, and then in like within like three months, if yep. like you get like the right sale day or something. Yep. But basically, you're locked into that price, and you know, hopefully, word of mouth is good. Cause coming out next year, everyone kind of thought it was coming out. Maybe earlier this year. I think it was delayed like two months ago to next year, mm-hmm. and now it's like the middle of next year, which is kind of crazy. I mean, Blizzard does take its time with it with its games, but wow, like, yeah, for I a multiplayer-only shooter. I certain I just don't really see anything. As someone who's only kind of mildly interested in that genre, like I don't see anything in that footage that makes me like, oh, I gotta play this. No, agree a thousand percent. So, the other, one of the other games that they talked about, World of Warcraft Legion, which is. Really weird for them to promote it this early because it's not coming out until like middle to late next year, mm-hmm. and there's sort of like Warcraft time, with the movie trailer hitting and everything. I guess it's like time for Warcraft again. I mean, they put out the CG trailer, which is usually like the launch trailer for yeah World of Warcraft. I bet expansions. we'll get another one though. Probably, but I was still pretty shocked to see them promoting this. I mean, there's been all this negative press. Recently, about you know them them dropping subscribers, and they said they're not going to share subscriber numbers ever again. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess if there's not if it's not good news, you don't want to share it. Well, it's so. all downhill from here, really. Yeah. You know, you're never gonna you're never gonna climb up again. I don't think in a subscription based MMO. So yeah, I mean we talked about that in the show last yeah. week about kind of the death of the subscription in MMOs. So I don't know. So there's a new class called the Demon Hunter. Yep. Does that do anything for you? Hmm. I mean, to, you know, how do they come up with new classes at this point? They've made so many of them. Like, I think you just start mixing and matching ideas. You know, the demon hunter. I've, at what I've, point does everything just turn brown? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, from mixing everything together so much, and to where they're all just the same. You're just mud mixing at this point, right. as Bob Ross would say. Yeah. 
We don't want to be mud mixers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't. I mean, you know, Demon Hunter is also a class in Diablo three. So maybe, yeah, maybe you just lift it from there. You start, you know, mixing and matching from here and there. Maybe you start bringing in Space Marines. And I don't know. You know. <laughs> Oh, that don't make much sense. Well, at a certain point, you're like, what's the next World of Warcraft expansion? It's about time for that StarCraft crossover, right? Like, who cares? Yeah. You know? So you get, you get that new class. You get uh, a level cap of 110. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, levels. like, that's what they do every time. Yeah. It's like you just keep going up 10 with every expansion. Yeah. Have another couple of talents. Yeah. Know, whatever, whatever they use now, I don't know. And then, like, six new zones that were ba- based on the last expansion, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't clear on that. I haven't played World of Warcraft since Cataclysm. Um, So I've missed Pandaria and uh, Draenor. Um, So I'm not really sure what the state of the game is. Because like 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 we talked about last week, like, periodically I've kind of, you know, I'll go back to MMOs I've played before to sort of see how they've evolved and what's happened. But, like, the fact that most of those MMOs are free to play... Yeah. Makes like, it a lot makes easier, a lot easier to just log in and see. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like Warcraft, I gotta throw like fifteen bucks down just to see my characters again, yeah. and I just never do it. Yeah, not worth it. So, I don't know. It seemed a little early to me for them to be releasing so much information. It is on pretty that weird. It was. It's a. That's a shockingly fast turnaround. They don't do it. I mean, they just don't do it that way usually, no. which I feel like shows maybe a little bit of their desperation. Or so. maybe they just had a really good idea. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I admit that's... But also, I'm sure part of it is, like, they're hoping that the World of Warcraft movie next year is going to really spark new interest, or renewed interest, maybe, yeah. in the game, and they want to have some, marketing off some big new and... content ready to go in the second half of the year for that. I mean, I would guess, you know, this is what, you know, second half of 2016? Yeah. So I would, I'll, I'll put money down. Well, maybe I won't put money down, but I'll, <laughs> I'll bet you that that expansion comes out the same day as the uh, movie comes out on Blu-ray. That makes a lot of sense. And I bet the movie on Blu-ray comes with like a, you know, play for two weeks. A month free for free, yeah. yeah. Some kind of coupon you get in there with a code where you can play for free for two months or mm-hmm. something like that. Would not surprise me at all. So they also announced something new for Hearthstone. It's a new single-player portion of Hearthstone. Basically, it's like a an Indiana Jones-type aesthetic with, like, jungles and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you play Hearthstone? I played it briefly, but card games and me aren't really a thing. Um, especially, like, early... I mean, I'm sure it's better now, but early on it was, like, that thing where, like, people had, like, the couple different ways where you could just sort of pin someone down and just fireball them to death, and there's nothing they could do. It was all in one turn. Yeah. And I was like, well... Screw this. Like, I don't want to do that to myself anymore. I thought it was beautiful. I really liked how it looked. It was very pretty. Yeah, there's like 45 new cards, a couple new boss fights. Um, I think it comes out, like, tomorrow? Maybe. I know they, they announced it five days before, whereas usually they announce everything five weeks before. So mm. Blizzard trying a new strategy with the Hearthstone edition. I, I don't play Hearthstone either. I've played it just because I felt like I needed to play yeah, exactly. to see what's, what's up so I have a frame of reference so I can talk about games intelligently, but mm-hmm. I've not personally spent a ton of time playing the game. Yeah, so. I didn't play a ton. I mean, probably played maybe 10 hours total, maybe. Um, it was fine. I just never, it was one of those it's one of those mobile games that like, you know, a lot of mobile games, I, you know, I'd sort of like play it for a while and then i put it down one day and I just never open it again. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. I don't, you know. Because there's too much to play. Yeah. you got to prioritize so. everything. But, uh, it's tough, especially right now. It's like, there's so many big games coming out. Like, I will say that Hearthstone reminded me of how much I like Blizzard's uh, aesthetic. Yeah, choices. I agree. Like, yeah. just their, their art style, their character design, their menu design, like, all of it is just, It is like, consistent across all their yeah, brands. they've got a All their brands. For sure. Like, even, 
even Heroes of the Storm. Like you play yeah. that, they're MOBA, oh, yeah. and you can totally tell it's their game. It's got that bright kind of. It's bright and colorful, but it's not like like weird and rainbowy. I don't even know it's how to a, explain how yeah, it, what it's it is. A, and even Diablo That's when Three is good. It. <laughs> yeah, it just it's just it's friendly. Yeah, it's friendly. Yep. And so StarCraft Two, they actually did have a pretty big announcement for StarCraft Two. Mm-hmm. They so everyone was wondering like what's going to happen. After this, you know, the expansion, I think, just came... Did it come out today, yeah, too? Yeah, it came out. just came out today. So you're basically like, I mean, that's, you know, everybody thought, like, that's the end of StarCraft. Yeah. Like, no more StarCraft. Maybe, you know, maybe StarCraft 3, like, in 2025. But, but like, nope. Nope. They had another another thing up their sleeve. Yep, and so, basically... And the, a blast of the past. Yeah. At that. So Nova, who was going to be the lead protagonist in Star StarCraft Ghosts... Mm-hmm. Which was like an action adventure shooter for was that was like PlayStation Two and Xbox. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, that was, was a long first time ago. Of, first half of last decade. Yep. So they have kind of caved a little bit to fan demand because people are still asking for Ghost. By the way, it's oh, yeah. like well, it was never officially canceled. It was right. just put on hold, which is what Blizzard always does. Like a lot of people do that. Yeah, exactly, guys. So basically, they're going to continue StarCraft Two. Through this, I guess they, they release a few missions at a time. They're called Nova Curve Covert Ops. And they're going to basically stretch out the story, stretch out the legs of StarCraft II a little bit so it remains relevant. I mean, there's no way they're going... I, you know, I knew something like this was going to happen. I felt like there was no way they are going to close the door on that revenue stream, particularly with the subs of World of Warcraft and a downward trend. And this is what they've come up with. Basically, this, this pro, was going to be a protagonist for Ghost is now going to be leading the charge for StarCraft II content going forward. And I think the first missions come out next year, mm-hmm. middle of next year, early next year. I can't quite remember. Sounds but. right. I have honestly really only glanced at BlizzCon yeah. as it's happened. Yeah. Well, like I said, BlizzCon. This <laughs> is like, it was not well, you know, no, exciting no insult, no insult to BlizzCon on my end just because like, yeah. I, you know, I was too busy this weekend with another thing I'm working on to look at it. But I could just see where if you're just kind of glancing at the industry while you're working on something else, why you wouldn't pick up on anything. Because there was no big story. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh my god. Like, like if you're into any of these individual games, it was big news for you. Right. It wasn't like industry-shaking yeah. things. And like the, la- the, other, the only other thing they mentioned that's even worth mentioning here on Game Face is Heroes of the Storm. Um, they showed off like three new characters in a new mode. The new mode is called Arena Mode. And basically what Arena Mode is is... You don't get to pick your character. Like it just ra- it gives you like a list you can pick from, or it randomly selects characters, and you just get thrown into like a five minute melee against another team. And it's like the best of three rounds or whatever. So it's really like a battle royale MOBA, I guess is the best way to mm-hmm. put it. But honestly, the coolest news that came out, maybe of all of BlizzCon, is that one of the new characters for Heroes of the Storm. It's like a two headed character, and two players can hmm. cooperatively play as that character. Which sounds like crazy, right? You're like, oh, that just makes a really complicated genre even more complicated. But it actually makes it easier for people to play. It's like actually a good way for people to learn how to play. Because one person controls one element of the character, another person controls another element. So you don't have to like, it's like chewing gum and rubbing your belly. You only have to do one of them at a time. Hmm. So, I don't know. You know, I'm not a big fan of Heroes of the Storm. I played it in the beta. As soon as it went out of beta, I played it, like, one more time, and I never went back and played it again. When I play MOBAs, I generally just... I've just settled in with League of Legends at this point. Like, the genre is so crazy that you just can't really play multiple ones and be competitive at it. So, at this point, I pretty much just settled in on League of Legends. I haven't played this, like I said, since the beta. So, 
It is doing well. It seems to be making generating a lot of money for Blizzard, which is good. And it's good to see that Blizzard's not resting on its laurels and it's pushing it forward. But again, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd just say BlizzCon was just kind of BlizzCon. Mm. Well, every year can't be a winner, I guess. I don't... They haven't had a huge BlizzCon in a while, though. I mean, I think last year they announced Overwatch, right? Was it yeah. last year? That's a, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was. And that was a big deal. Like, people freaked mm-hmm. out over that at first, but now people have kind of, like, forgotten about it. Well, what do you think the next big... What could Blizzard announce that would be, like, world-shaking at this point? Well, see, yeah, it's tough, because Overwatch did kind of do the Blizzard thing and introduce this whole new universe mm-hmm. with all these very distinct characters. And, like, look, I'm sure the people, the characters of Overwatch will eventually be brought into other games mm-hmm. and kind of what they're doing with their stuff now. So... I think that's why people were excited. It was like the first glimpse at a new Blizzard universe and all the mm-hmm. characters that were going to live in that universe. And, you know, now everyone knows most of the characters. They did announce a few more, but kind of the cat's out of the bag now. A universe that doesn't seem to have been lifted from a Games Workshop property. Exactly. And just you use one more cliche, ultimately the proof will be in the pudding. Either Overwatch mm-hmm. is going to be good or it's going to be bad, and that will determine how what kind of longevity those characters have. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested in it in Overwatch in the sense that like Blizzard's never made anything like that before. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. And I also can't remember the last time Blizzard made a bad game. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't well, I know there's people who would say that the, the initial release of Diablo three would qualify. Bad though. It wasn't up to their like spec. It was Blizzard bad, maybe. Right, which but is that's still like better than poor your man's average. great. Yeah. <laughs> still better than most people, you know, ever yeah, manage. Exactly. But, uh, so, so I don't know. It seemed like and Diablo three has become great. It has, yeah, and that's what Blizzard does. If it's not perfect, it gets it to perfect eventually. Yeah. So, overall, kind of a lukewarm BlizzCon. Yeah, but you know, they're, they, they're they're doing what they're doing. They're keeping on, keeping on. And next year, you know, next year's going to be really interesting for Blizzard because I don't think that Warcraft movie is going to do well. Really? No. I think it will. I don't. I, th- I think it's for. I think it's. Well, I guess you may be right because it's tar- the, it's a CG movie that's not really targeted towards children, and no one really knows to make of it. And that trailer was the most generic fantasy stuff you could imagine, and fantasy movies do not do well. Wait, here's what I'll say. So, one thing I will guarantee is. That Pretty much anyone who ever played World of Warcraft will go see the movie. Would you agree to that? No. Really? I played World of Warcraft, and I don't have any interest in seeing. You're not going to go see that movie? I mean, I might if we have. You're going to gonna ta- go see it if we have to talk about it, but I don't <laughs> care about it. Really? I no. think I might even go see it, and I hate World of Warcraft. I don't. I don't see. I, I never cared that much about the lore to begin with. Really? And like looking at that, just like, like if it wasn't Blizzard, if it wasn't Warcraft, I would just look at that and be like, oh, generic fantasy. Who cares? I'm surprised to hear that. You go to a lot of movies. I, I, I happen to think that most people who have played World of Warcraft will go see it. Just because. Just because. So you figure that's 15 million people. And you figure a movie ticket's $10. The movie's going to make at least $150 million. Mm. I think. Yeah. I think it will. It'll mm. end up making money, and they'll end up making a sequel. I think it's going to make about $25 million opening weekend. And really? From there. Yeah. I don't think so. I'll have, a, I'll have a better idea of it once. Uh, we once should we- bet on that. Once we get well, well, let's pick an over under. Why not? I need, Twenty million. I want to see more of like the run up and the and the kind of the press approach and, and how they start to market it as it gets closer to launch. But I don't see that thing competing too well in the very crowded blockbuster realm of next year. Next year is big movie shit. Every year is though. Yeah, but this year in particular, next year in particular, you've got 
Captain America, uh, Civil War coming up. You've got some yeah. DC stuff coming up earlier on. I mean, it is it is a packed March through August, and I just don't know. And that's the thing is the CG movies that usually do really well, even like the ones that you think are going to be terrible, yeah. like like do real well. But they do real well because families go to see them, and that's that's like usually like four tickets sold, you know. Yeah. And, and like you've got all the kids, and everybody wants to see. It. But Warcraft, is I mean, actually, a if you think group. about. World of Warcraft, though, I was completely calculating it wrong because I'm saying fi- there was more than 15 million people that ever played it. Like, that was just its peak of concurrent subscribers. Yeah, but I, don't think, I don't think all 15 million of those people liked it. If they paid to play it, I think they did. Well, just because you pay one month, you're like, oh, this sucks. Cancel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to make money. I don't know how much it cost. That's the thing, is I don't know what the budget was. I, I could imagine, I would imagine it's not over $100 million. Hundred million is probably hundred to hundred fifty million is probably reasonable. Yeah. But again, remember you have to double the budget to really be for profitable. marketing, right? Yeah. Um, especially overseas, where you get le- the studio gets less of a cut. Um, I think it'll do even better overseas. Well, I would in have, Korea. I, I, well, I think and... it'll be a very. I think it might be a big hit in China. Yeah. Um, because that's where a lot of the, the players are now. Yeah. But um, again, that doesn't translate into direct profits for the home base because yeah. you get less right, from right. that. Yeah. Um, there's also the question of like. You know, China's got this thing where they decide a certain number of Western movies get released every year, and that's yeah, it. Right. So Warcraft has to has Will to be one of the ones chosen to be yeah. one of those. Whereas, like the way to get around that is you shoot a bunch of the movie in China. Yeah, which is what like Transformers: Age of Extinction did. If you a certain chunk of the movies. Production then it automatically in China, gets it, auto- it counts as a Chinese production and gotcha. gets to be released there. So that's how Age of Extinction got released. And Age of Extinction was the and biggest, that's probably like worth biggest, like two hundred million dollars. Oh, it was the biggest. <laughs> it was the biggest opening in China, Chinese yeah. film history. I mean, it was it was it was totally worth it. It yeah. was absolutely worth it. All right, we should move on. We're spending way too much time on BlizzCon. We'll come, but we'll come back. We to, have too much to, other big stuff. We'll come back to the Warcraft movie. Definitely closer to that. We got so close to shaking hands yeah. on that bet. <laughs> We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we both like. <laughs> I wanted to bet though. I'm that over under of twenty million the first weekend. I'll take that bet. I need bet. to see closer to like what how they handle the marketing campaign, but I don't think that movie is going to do too well. All right, I we'll think see. it's between audiences. All right, so next we're going to move on to one of our general interest stories. We usually try to have at least one of these on Game Face every week, and uh, usually what I do is I kind of scour sifted to see what's really got you guys talking, and probably the story that had the most vitriol in the comments Hmm. was a story about Zoe Quinn basically selling the film rights to her memoir. Basically, she sold the rights to the Gamergate story. Mm -hmm. Isn't that really what it is? Yeah, I mean, certainly the genesis of of what became Gamergate. How do you feel about that, Matt? You're a big film guy, first of all. Would you go see that movie? Will you go see see it? It's going to come out. Maybe. I mean, it kind of depends who writes and directs it. I mean, like, like who do you get to write that? Aaron Sorkin? Yeah. <laughs> like is it like a social network kind of thing? Like you get Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher back together for this one? Here's what I really want to talk about though. I I personally I don't I may go see that movie, I have to say. I mean, I figure I'll go Just see it. Just because it's about gaming culture, I probably go to see it. But it makes me sick because I, I don't want to It's also amazing give... to me. It's like can you you know, back when that all started to heat up, can you imagine like, I never would have thought like it's like, "Oh, one day they're going to make a movie out of this one." It's, yeah. it's like it's great. Like how do you even dramatize that? I don't know. It's mostly like people screaming on Twitter. Here's my personal issue with it is I don't want to give any money towards this project at all. Not a penny, not a tenth of a penny, <laughs> nothing. Because to me, she is just like 
gone against everything that she's like stood for. Like she tried to, to me, she's, I feel like she's tried to portray herself as this virtuous person who's trying to do the right thing and just wants to be left alone and wants these people to leave her alone and just wants to go back to having like a normal life. And instead of doing that, she's now basically created this sound system to trumpet the whole thing and make it even bigger than it's ever been. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, when this first happened, like I was completely in her corner just because of the way people were treating her. And look, don't get me wrong. No matter what, the way people have treated her is wrong and it's awful and I'll always condemn it and say it's terrible. But now as time has gone on, like some of the people who are like a little more moderate on this and weren't the insane Gamergate people are just like, well, you know, she's not innocent in this. Like at first I kind of blew those people off, but now I don't know. Well, not innocent in, in, in how? What do you mean? Well, what do you mean? What, what did she do then? Well, people are just saying that she was like making things to be worse to, than they really were to build a story around it and to garner sympathy from people and to get attention in all honesty and basically blowing it bigger out of proportion than it was. And I would say, I, first I was like, no, you guys are crazy. Like you're, you're gamer gators. Like you're just like the whack jobs. But now it's, I don't know, man. Like now that she's like basically cashed in on the hate that she's got, like it rubs me a little bit the wrong way. I don't know what her thought process is on on selling the rights for that. Um, well, it's money, Matt. Obviously, money. But like, I you know, how much money is worth like starting that whole thing up again and and maybe getting death threats again and going through all well, that. Well, why shit else again? would she have done it if it wasn't for money? Um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's what know. I'm saying. It, I mean, really, it was money. Ostensibly, and it shows I, you like. Well, ostensibly, I would think that part of it would be maybe the maybe the thought process could be like, well, more people should know this happened. Um, because people don't know that game. She went happened. to the like the UN. Like you can see her right there. She went to like yeah, but mo- yeah, but the the people who like would go see like the Social Network or like a movie like that, like they don't know that this happened. This was this was no. Um, I mean, it vaguely, was mainstream, Matt. It was on the front of like Yahoo.com, have, CNN.com, I've Fox ex- News, everywhere. I, I've explained what Gamergate was to people that I know that worked at G4 in the last few months. Like people don't necessarily know what happened here. People don't have necessarily not necessarily heard of it, because it was you know yeah it was on Colbert it was on that kind of thing, but it was you know if you missed Colbert that night, it, that but was what about I'm telling you is it like it was like that everywhere like okay you missed it on Colbert well then it was on CNN.com well if you missed it on CNN well then it was on Yahoo well if you missed it on Yahoo well then it was on Fox News and if you missed it there well then it was on your favorite text like it was everywhere like. My mom knows about it, and that she's a good barometer for stuff. Hmm. Like, if my mom asks me about something or knows about something, like, that's usually a good sign that it hit, like, critical mass. And it made the Facebook round, so to speak. Also all, makes sense. Well, with yeah. all the cat videos and cat photos. If so, then that makes sense why suddenly the studios would go trawling around for the rights. Well, exactly. I mean, look, the studios, obviously, their bloodhounds sniffed on it and found it and went and approached her and, like... It just rubs me the wrong way. Like, there's just certain things that happen in life where you don't even have to, like, have an explanation for it. When you hear about it, you're just like, that's screwed up. And that's exactly what I thought as soon as I saw this. Because that has been her cry this whole time. It's like, just leave me alone. Like, I didn't ask for any of this. And I didn't. Well, now it does seem like she did kind of ask for it. And I almost wonder now if it was all part of an elaborate plan to drum up more interest in it so that she could ultimately do something like this. I mean, let's face it, Matt. Like... What was she doing before this happened? She made that game Depression Quest, which really stretches the boundaries of what you could call a video game. I don't know if you played it or not, but it's like a Briefly. text it's like a text adventure that's basically a bunch of Microsoft Word documents on the screen. Like yeah. 
you know that I maybe ought to make that quote unquote game. But doesn't but doesn't that also kind of speak to the fact that this was all about nothing? Like that that they that was you know this whole thing about the you know the the germ of it was supposedly about the, like pl- you know playola journalism ethics in video yeah, games play, playola yeah. for like good reviews or whatever of that yeah, game. Yeah. But it's like okay, first off, it's free. Right. The review. The, the, <laughs> what was what was claimed to have been reviewed never happened. Well, yeah. I mean, Second, it's free. Like the absolute worst case scenario in that situation was someone went and played a free game and didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. I like, know. That's the worst thing that could have happened in the situation. And that's what I'm saying. If what like, they said she happened, has even happened. To turn a non-story into selling a script to Hollywood. Yeah, but it's become it became about someone being like physically threatened and attacked over like. Fucking because they're a girl involved in video games, and that there's a story there, you know. Like there's there's something to talk about. There's a story to be told. Whether or not you know you think it's wise for her to like open that box again, I mean that's her decision. I'm not saying whether it's wise or not. That was never my contention. My contention was that it goes against everything that she's kind of stood upon since this whole thing happened. She wanted to be left alone. She wanted it to go away. She wanted to sweep it under the rug. Well, do you think it's if really you, gone away? If you away? do that, no, it's going to get worse. That's what I'm saying. Like, she, I'm assuming like things probably have died down a little bit over the last couple months. I'm sure she still gets calls and emails here and there from those freakazoids. But I'm sure over time, like, it's that curve. Like, eventually people stop bothering her. Things start to chill out. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, let me just stir that beehive again. Let me sell this script for my memoirs. Like... It just rubs me the wrong way, man. Like, I don't know what it is. I just get really weird vibes off of the whole stinking thing. And like I said, I have been a defender of her all this whole time. And you're right. It was not a story. Like, she did nothing wrong. The guy who wrote the review did nothing wrong. This whole thing was generated out of nothing, out of vapor, which is just mind-boggling. The guy who wrote the review didn't write a review. Yeah, I know. It's insane. It never even happened. So... I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Like, it's something that came out of nothing, but there is something now. Like, as you said, there is a story there. There is a story to be told. And she's cashing in on it. Like, when she was saying that, you know, I'm tired of it. Like, here she sits right now, like, talking to people, trying to explain, like, what she went through. And now she just wishes it would go away. Well, if you want it to go away, you don't sign a deal for a, a script for Hollywood that gets plastered all over the internet again. Like... It's just, I just think it's or you Or you do, and you hope that, like, by telling that story, more people kind of recognize that this is a phenomenon that needs to be addressed, discussed, and stopped. Yeah. Do you really I mean, think... I mean, that is an, I guess that's kind of an idealist way to look at it, but yeah. I would like to think that that was the thought process behind it, more than, like, oh, boy, I can cash in and... Do, I mean, you know I don't, what I would I believe I just... you, Matt? If, if she had given the script or became a script consultant on the film, but selling it... Eh, never, to me, that ne- changes everything. Never work for free. Uh, <laughs> it's her memoir. She already wrote them. She's just turning over her memoir, something that she probably did well, for her own what, sanity. What did she sell them for? Do we know what they we were don't. doing a dollar now? I don't think it matters. Maybe, maybe she sold them for a dollar. That we could be. You, yeah, okay, I will say you're right there. If it's true that she sold them for a dollar as a formality... Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you do things like that, you have to pay at least a dollar. Yeah, like Stephen King does that. Right, his... for legal purposes. If that's the case, then I will stand corrected. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean... highly doubt that that's the case. True. Highly, I, highly, I also, highly doubt I also highly that that's the case. That. But we don't know. You know, and, and like that's that's how this shit all blew up. Is like every, nobody knowing what really happened, nobody getting the facts straight, everybody just like no, going, right. going right. on what they feel about things, and that's how you end up with people. 
driving to people's houses with guns. Yeah, or you end up like with Anita Sarkeesian's like face plaster all over E3 with yeah. like der- derogatory comments all over it. So, mm-hmm. and look, I don't want anybody to think watching this show that I condone any of the crap that has happened through Gamergate to either one of those women at all. It's awful. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I just think I think she can do you know I don't know what the consequences will be of making this movie but I think she can do whatever the hell she wants with her rights to that story however she wants because like claiming that like doing that is somehow like suspicious or whatever like that that smacks a little too much of me but like hey shut up and stop talking about this horrible thing that happened to you like and that shouldn't be I, I don't think that's something to say to someone who went through that like if that's what she thinks she needs to do right now she can do that. And Again, I, I have no problem with that, but I think it, it's the selling part, it's the monetary part of it that trips my trigger. Right, well, I just, I just, we don't know enough about that monetary part to really say what happened there, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And who knows if, you know, I really don't, I don't know, I'm trying to picture how you make a movie out of that, and I, I mean, I guess I, I mean, would have said the same thing say... about the founding of Facebook. There's something, you can do it, I guess, but it's just... Like it just seems like such a, a an abstract situation to make a film about, and then on top of that, such unpleasant. Let me let me add this matter. as well. So today, whenever I knew we were going to talk about this, I was kind of searching around trying to find footage to show and things like that, and I went to Zoe's YouTube channel, and so, you know, I started looking around. There's really nothing there, in all honesty. Like it's just like little cell phone videos that she took for the most part. But like one of the one of the videos on there was a cell phone video that she took of her talking to somebody who's calling her to harass her. And, like, it's her with, like, they don't show anyone in the room, but you can tell there's five or six other people there, her friends or whatever. And they're, like, messing with the guy who's harassing her. I don't know how people get people's phone numbers. How does that happen? Like, mm. So, anyway, this random guy calls. and <laughs> I haven't owned a phone book in years. I yeah. Think. And she's, they're sitting there, like, having fun with the guy. Like, the guy's an idiot. Like, you can mm. just tell he's a dumbass. I can't even bother to call her. And, like, they're making fun of him saying, look, you didn't really think this through because he looks like an idiot. He has nothing to say. He has no argument. He's just saying stupid stuff like, yeah, your game sucked. Like, pretty much what you expect from a Gamergator, to be honest with you. But they're all having, like, fun with it. Like, they're all laughing and joking and, like, making, cracking jokes at his expense and stuff. And, like, it just, and so I see that. Well, how, how far into this situation was that video taken? It was, mu- a, this is months sh- and months ago. See, because I'm sure the, the first, like, four or five of those you get are probably terrifying. But yeah. if you get, like, 100, 100 200, 300, yeah. at a certain point, I mean, because, like, you know, we, and, you know, we used to get some creepy shit sent to us, you know, not on the level of what we're talking about with people like Zoe Quinn or yeah. Amy Sarkeesian or whatever. But um, we used to get some creepy shit. Sent to the hosts at G four once Definitely, in a while, yeah. and I would even say more than once in a while. Oh yeah, and like, and we would like, you know, we would pass some of that stuff around, and you know, we'd forward it to legal, but we'd also sort of read it and be like, dude, what the, you know, this this is hilarious, amazing, like what the hell? But like, it's a very big difference between like some kind of communication, you know, remote communication like that versus like I think that person is coming here now. Yeah, you know, and some of these things have really escalated to that point. And, uh, or it seemed, there's again, I just, and right. And like, if I was her and I was really scared for my life, and I just, this is the last thing I would do is like to stir the beehive like that. It just seems crazy. If she thinks this is a story that has to go away, I, you know, maybe she feels this is a duty to like get that story out there in a way that like she feels communicates it somehow to people who might not know otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. I think you know, that's a stretch. And there's, but... well, there's also like kind of you know, there's both you know all the different sides and all the you know the, the you know there's everybody's got their own version of what happened in terms of the people who are doing do are you know the major players in these events. So 
kind of maybe the question becomes like, is there going to be this rush of things to like try where everybody tries to tell what this, really Matt. happened? If it comes out that she got even twenty thousand dollars for that, how would you feel? I don't care. Really? Not really. Does it change how you look at it at all? Not really. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. I don't. Might as well get fucking. And look, chances might as well are fucking get something out of this. And look, shit. we both know chances are she got a lot more than that. Odds are, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. like six figures probably, or more. Seems the reason. I mean, again, we don't know, but it seems like a reasonable. You know, as these things go, I that's would say that's typical. reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Uh, to me, that would be insane. Like her making that much money off of this whole thing. Like I just think it's just wrong based upon what she said, what she said in the press. Um, how she's portrayed the whole situation, I just think it one, it's the last thing she should do. And I, I think if she's trying to build her case, selling the rights to something like that, just I just, I don't know. I I just, don't. Maybe she accepted that it's not going away. Maybe, and, but know. it is going away. People are not going to harass her forever. They're going to get sick of her. You they're going to find yeah, because it's still fucking happening out there. Like you, like you still, some people still mention something about. Gamergate related stuff and like they've got a flood of Twitter messages already. I mean it's still happening. It's still yeah. there. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Zoe and Anita and I'm sure they don't go a day without all this shit going down all the time. I mean, to to her, to us I'm sure it's quieter cuz we don't get harassed like that. But to her maybe it's not. Maybe it's I not. It has over. to. There's no way it's the same as it was. Like it has to have died down. Like well, even the craziest person eventually gets sick of like harassing the same person over and over. I don't know. I saw some pretty persistent crazy people in my time. <laughs> and I'm one of them. <laughs> people with their aggregate sites just don't know when to quit. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on. I think we both said our piece on that topic. Certainly an interesting discussion that there's no clear kind of black and white answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the money does matter. And I think the amount of money matters. I think if again, if it was just like a handshake deal where like here's a dollar to make sure you don't sue me, and we actually did sell this to you, mm-hmm. uh, I think it makes a big difference in her that and her getting a hundred k for. Mm, I'll wait and see. I, I'm more interested in more details on. <laughs> I'm more interested there. to see how they make a movie out of this. Yeah, I'm interested. To watch. I mean, I really <laughs> am going to be interested to see who they get to write it and who they get to direct it. What was they... the name that they were throwing around as the actress who was going to portray her? Uh, I didn't see that. Oh, it was some crazy, like, Hollywood starlet. Like, super hot, like, Hollywood starlet. Well, like Jennifer Lawrence or something? No, it's the other one. Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I said the other one, and you knew even said the other talking about. <laughs> yeah, Scarlett Actually, when Johansson. You said, when you said that, like, a Facebook story popped in my head. It was a picture of Scarlett yeah. Johansson. I remember, That's, I like, remember. the rumor right now or whatever. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think Scarlett Johansson's rumored for almost every female yeah. lead role <laughs> in much. Hollywood right now. Yeah. It's I don't like, blame him. It's going to be either her or or Jessica Chastain or Jennifer Lawrence. That's that's that, those are your they, choices. They play those are your choices for your major female roles at this point. Sadly, yeah, you're right. That's pretty much what it comes yeah. down to. Unless you get like casting slightly older, and then you can start moving into kind of the Meryl Streep realm. Yeah, and then they'll get paid half of what like their male counterparts. Right, right. <laughs> well, because. Uh, they don't negotiate hard right. enough, or yeah, whatever. Whatever the whatever the hell Jeremy yeah, Renner said. <laughs> oh, Hawkeye! Yeah. Stop disappointing me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Another big release today: Steam machines are now in stores. At long last. Yeah, after a whole lot of talk and consternation, and in all honesty, a lot, whole lot of confusion still right now. Like, 
I think there's like 14 manufacturers of Steam boxes right now, like licensed. Like I'm not in the market to buy one, but if I was, I wouldn't even know where to start. It is confusing. And I think that might be a big issue for consumers. And look, mm-hmm. these are getting some space in at GameStop, which is a big, big deal to be able to have some space in there for a PC yeah. in GameStop. But so they do outperform the consoles. Well, that's what that's what Gaben says. Yeah. Do they though? I don't know if they do. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Really? I'm not particularly impressed with either console's performance at this point. Uh, I, I would don't think know. I would think you could at least get a solid 30 at 1080p out of most of the most of the games today on those Steam machines. Well, here's the thing. So Steam machines are launching today. The lowest price for a Steam machine is 450. There's no console. That I mean, costs you are you are paying more for the for that. I mean, you are paying for the hardware. And after you talk about the bundles and the price drops for the consoles, like you're spending an extra hundred bucks and yeah. you're not getting any free games. I just wonder who. I mean, who is this format? I don't know. I really cannot figure out what market this is for, at all. Like, I really cannot think of a single person who would want this thing. Because here's the other thing. Is that they just put out what's it called? Streamlink? Is that what it's Steam called? Link. Steam Link. Yeah. That just streams everything from your PC to your TV. The reviews. Yeah. Started... If I was going to get anything, it'd be that. Frankly, the, the reviews started coming out today. I think they're getting. The, it's getting around like a seven out of ten around mm. there, which is weird to kind of put a number on a piece of hardware. But that's where the reviews are coming in so far for it. And to me, that's the better alternative. Look, it looks like the text there, like it's a little glitchy, nothing that they can't fix with some firmware upgrades or some software adjustments. But hmm. to spend an extra $500 to try to take away what little latency there is right now, sending that information from your PC to your TV, I just, that's a hard sell, Matt. Yeah, well, the other thing is like... At least 450 My, my PC setup is just fine. Like, I don't really care about having it on the TV at this See, point. I do. Like, I, w- I prefer to play games on the couch where I can kick my feet up on the ottoman and I can lay back and have, like, a bowl yeah. of chips sitting next to me but and at a this drink point, and, like... At this point, my uh, my uh, computer monitor has a much higher resolution capability oh, yeah. than my plasma. For so, sure. Like, so it's like, well, I can if I'm going to play it on PC, I might as well just play it on the higher resolution on my monitor and not worry about... Because, you know, the, the, the my TV's great, but, like, it's also, like, the consoles aren't going to really push it beyond that 1080p resolution so I'm not really worried about it. It does the right. job. It's fine. Yeah. It's you know, it's for Blu-rays and consoles and that's fine. Yeah. You know? But if I want to play PC games, like I've got the horsepower to run that stuff at 4K, so I'm going to do it on the monitor. Yeah, but I still think there's value in couch play, man. There I mean, is, but it's like is there like $500 separate console value? No, in that's it? what I'm saying. There, no, it's not worth there, it at is all. Is there like streaming device that like it kind of ruins the gameplay value? I mean, cuz you like competitive games and I mean, yeah, so like see, if I want to play like a Witcher 3, that's not if you get a couple milliseconds of lag, that's not too bad. But if you're trying to play This like is what Team I'm Fortress saying. Fortress 2, like what do you that's going to ruin no your game. There's no market for this because it's like okay, so I play PC games all the time and like every once in a while I will get an action adventure on PC like, you know, just because I want to actually use my PC and like see mm-hmm. it really flex its muscles so to speak. But most of what I play on PC is like MOBAs or 4X strategy games, like things that are more conducive to like a mouse and a keyboard. And so mm-hmm. But the Steam controller solves all that. It doesn't solve any of it. I didn't think it would. No, it, it's, it, it is getting terrible reviews, by the way. Reviews for that started coming out today, and it is getting hammered. Like, it's, I think the, the number score I saw for that was like 4 out of 10 on a couple of reviews. Yeah, wow. I mean, people are not adapting well to it. And so, 
You know, the only games that I play on PC, there's no way I'm going to play. There's no way I'm going to play League of Legends on the Steam controller. Like, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to be competitive. You're going to get your butt kicked, and, like, mm. everyone on your team's going to hate you. Like, no, it's like the mouse and keyboard versus controller first person shooter thing. Yeah. And, like, so I'm out of the market. Like, I have no interest in it. Like, I have maybe not a problem with the, the Steam link. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could probably get some use out of that. Like, you know, if I could play, like, an action-adventure on my PC on the couch, like, I would do that. Like, if I could play, like, The Witcher. If I could play Fallout 4 with the better graphics but play it on my TV on yeah. the couch, like, I would do that. And so that's, like, 50 bucks. And that I do see a market for, and I do see people buying that. But these Steam machines, like... I'm just shocked how many different companies got in on that. Oh, I know. Like, like, there's literally, like, 14. Like, I researched it today, and there's, like, 14 different manufacturing companies who are making steam machines. And, like, you know, of course, there's probably all kinds of palm greasing going on, mm-hmm. depending, like... But just the fact that that models, many people thought that was a good idea yeah. to jump in on is really interesting. Like, I'm actually curious. While Matt and I talk about this, anybody who, in the chat, like, if you guys are interested in buying it, tell us why. If, if you're someone who's in the market for a steam machine, you're thinking about buying one, tell us what your reasoning is, because I am really, I'm really at a loss here, man. Like, I just, you assume, look, it's Valve, it's Gabe. Like, you know they've done mm-hmm. the research and that they feel like they've found that people is, want these like, things. Like, is it for people who don't, like, you haven't upgraded your PC in a long time, like, it's time to do it, but instead of building a new one for, like, 1200 you buy, like, a $600 console? But you're not really upgrading then, probably, unless your PC is, like, 10 years old. Yeah, I mean, unless you're, like, really behind the last wave like, of, like, graphic behind. GPUs and, yeah. and processors. Like, that's not... It's going to be, be a sideways move. Yeah. Like, I... I just don't get it, Matt. And I think it's, honestly, I think they're going to flop, and I think they're going to flop hard. Like, what do you think they're looking to sell, like, numbers-wise on this thing? Well, there's no way to know because there's so many right. manufacturers. They probably all have different targets. And well, that's the other thing. Is like, did Valve make their money already by the licensing them to these oh, different I'm companies? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, is, it, is it just those companies? You know, is it just Alienware and all these other companies going to take a bath on this? Is that where that's going to happen? I mean, Valve... Is I don't Gabe see how... Just, Gabe's already throwing money in the air. He doesn't care. I mean, like, well, he's been throwing money in the air for a long well, time. Yeah, but, but now it's a different, it's a different, <laughs> it's different pile kind of money. Of money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is Steam actually making its own Steam machine? Is there a Steam licensed Steam machine? I will figure they're all licensed. No, but I mean, is there like an official... manufactured by Valve? I don't think there is. I, I mean, they I have like no so. skin in the game. <laughs> they're just like, put our OS on it. Yeah. Put our logo on it. Give us X amount of dollars. It's the perfect crime. It's just branded. <laughs> that's all it is. It's a yeah. branded shuttle PC. That's really all it is. But that's genius. It isn't, like, for Valve it is. For Valve, yeah. I'm talking about, like, the manufacturers. And look, these manufacturers probably don't give a crap. Because whether they sell a steam machine or whether they sell a tower, they don't care. Right, they just want to sell something. Right, as long as the profit margin is there, they don't care what they're selling. In fact, if they could get away with selling popcorn, they'd sell freaking popcorn. Mm -hmm. But do you you think they had to pay to get, like, the steam machine license? Like, do you... Clearly, Valve oh, yeah. makes their money that to. way. You have to pay to put that Steam logo right. on your Steam machine, no doubt. And the ability to call it a quote-unquote Steam machine. So I'm you're sure. probably making more pure profit off of just a normal tower, a normal PC you sell. So the Steam machine thing must have had some real appeal to have people go in on that. So what I'm wondering is, like, what did you say to these companies to make them believe? Yeah, so Crawford... Crawford Hannah says, I was thinking about getting one. Always been a console gamer and I want to game on the couch. 
I have a mm -hmm. Mac, and it's hard to stream games to my TV. Also like that you don't have to use a mouse and keyboard. Hmm. All right. That sounds like a pretty unique situation. A, it's a very specific situation, <laughs> yeah. but it is a legitimate situation. It is. Yeah, so I guess there is. I just don't know how many of those people there are. All I, well, all I can say is like I, I trust that Valve knows that better than we do. <laughs> right? Sublevel saying, oh, they've held back Half-Life 3 to release, release it exclusively <laughs> on the Steam machine. That would sell that Steam machines. That would sell some Steam machines. The only problem is you couldn't just put it on the Steam machine without releasing it for PC as well. So Oh, they'd find a way. <laughs> I don't know. It is Valve. Maybe they could find a way. Um, Valve will find a way because Valve is life. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Matt. I just... And then he's, they here's have the other to have angle. a plan. Here's there the other part to of it, too. GameStop and retailers... It's taken a lot of space. Like, yeah. I think the displays, they just have like little tags, kind of like uh, Toys R Us when you buy games. You take the tag up to the counter and then well, they actually, actually give it to, to you. Games at Toys R Us, they so. don't do that anymore? No, not for years. No, I haven't been to Toys R Us in a long time, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. So, They're all locked in big cases now. All right. Well, that's the way it was, though. Like, you take the little tag. Yeah, but now paper. you just go find someone and say, I want that. Oh, got ya. So, that's what I'm saying. It's like the shelf space at GameStop, especially around the holidays, is really valuable. Mm -hmm. And hard to get. And, and so, it's interesting that GameStop is spending, giving that much space to something that is then never going to benefit them again. Right. Because, yeah. Because they sell that. you take it home that, and you buy everything on you buy everything the Steam online. machine you, and you don't ever buy anything at GameStop. Right. So what incentive does GameStop have to keep them in stock or, or even taking up all that space in their stores if they're not, one, not making any money off the software for them, and if they're not selling, like, GameStop will boot those things out of its mm. stores Faster than you can blink an eye if they don't sell like crazy. So the question becomes, what does Gabe Newell have on GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm really, really pessimistic on this. And look, even if they are better, than, they do look better, the games look better than the PlayStation 4. The other part of it, too, is the software available. Like, mm -hmm. people are going to be like, oh, but I can't play Uncharted on this. I can't play Halo on this. I can't play God of War on this. Like, I mean, I can mm -hmm. go on and on and on. Like, I don't know. I go back and forth on, on kind of that. Because, like... There's part of me that like really you know likes to believe that people don't make million dollar plus decisions off of you know bad information or dumb or no or whatever no, or no information. <laughs> but then you turn around and it's just like Gem and the Holograms movie. Or you or you look at like biggest flop in the history of of film, wide release film. Or you look at the original pitch for the Xbox One. Yeah. I mean think about that. Microsoft of all companies, I mean, you just know that they focus test the living crap out of everything, and still they had that horrible plan for the Xbox One originally that they had to completely 180 on. Mm -hmm. I mean, so look, they people companies with great reputations with full smart people do make yeah. terrible decisions sometimes, and like 599 US dollars. But I think you get you actually make a really good point. Is that who's really on the hook for it if it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Nobody, yeah. because all those components in these machines can be recycled and put into a desktop. Like it's not like they built these components specifically for it. Yeah. So like you get the feeling that like if it doesn't work, basically Valve's already made their money, and all those individual manufacturers, because there's so many of them, they don't even really need to commit to that many units made. Yep, and they all can kind of sit back and be like, well. We tried. So, right. So, it is a really smart business as far as, like, low-risk potential reward. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about whether these things are going to generate money or if we're going to walk into someone's home next year and count on seeing a steam machine underneath their television, I think no. 
I, I don't think it's going to doom anyone. I don't think it's going to hurt Valve if it doesn't succeed. Maybe a little bit in mindshare because Valve doesn't fail it very much. Mm. And so maybe it's a little hit, a little chink in the armor, a little Can hit, use little a hit to the ego. you want? Uh, you should be able to use an Xbox controller. Mm. It's a PC. And now that you can use a DualShock 4 as well on PC if you have the right software and dongle. Right. So, um, yeah, you should be able to use other controllers so you wouldn't just be stuck using the, the Steam controller. But Steam controller is specifically made to be able to play PC games, mm-hmm. like strategy games and things like that. So well, I, think, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat you are where I think maybe at some point I might try the Steam Link thing. Yeah. But... Uh, I certainly don't. 50 bucks. Yeah. That's like something I asked for for Christmas. In fact, maybe I will. Yeah. Because it's like something I probably wouldn't want to pay for on my own, but it's <laughs> like I'm at the point in my life where I don't really need much anymore. So when it, like, it's funny. When the holidays roll around, it's like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, you know what? You can't buy me a Porsche. So. Um, steak. Steak would be good. <laughs> like, I would really like to own a home, and I know you can't do anything about that, particularly since I live in Los Angeles. So... You know, I end up buying stupid mundane stuff. Like, things that I'm just, like, I kept putting off buying all year. Like, I asked for that for Christmas. And mm-hmm. so, I can see Steam Link maybe making it onto my Amazon wish list. If, yeah. they, if they even sell yeah. it on Amazon, which I doubt. <laughs> but then the problem with that is, like, I probably wouldn't put that on my Christmas list because I go back to San Francisco for Christmas and, like, getting something that I can't use to, like, come back yeah. is annoying. Yeah, it is. Sitting there just <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> Got a little, little little gray box. That's why you just have them ship it to your <laughs> apartment in L.A. So Send it's it out of down. sight, out of mind. So we'll see. I mean, I, I honestly feel pretty strongly that I'm going to be right on this, that these mm-hmm. steam machines are going to come and go. And I don't see any reason to think otherwise. Yeah. We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding ultimately. In fact, we probably should learn. I think you've said that three times today. Have I? Proof. <laughs> You're right. At a least lot twice. of pudding. At least twice, yeah. A lot of pudding tonight. Yeah. So we'll see. Um... Probably, I wonder if MPD will even report on this type of stuff. I don't know. We may never know. You're like, right. The thing is, like, if it doesn't do well, it will just quietly vanish. Because Valve night. won't tell you, and the the manufacturers aren't going to no, tell we're you. Gonna, we're going to have to look for signs like birds flying south <laughs> and and GameStop pulling them from the shelves. Right. That's all. That's the only way we'll know. That's how we will know. Yeah. And I think that could probably happen pretty quickly when they're like. Well, you also have like the return of like the guitar games this holiday. Yeah, I mean, I am, they take I've up actually, a lot of space. I hadn't been in a uh, in a retail store in a while until like the last last weekend, and like I was shocked at how much shelf real estate Rock Band and Guitar Hero are taking up right now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like, so like huge displays, like huge like. I was like, oh my god, the box, the, the band in a box is gigantic. But it was actually like a billboard thing like near the shelf. Yeah. And it was like, like a, whole, you know, a third of the whole section is that. Yep, so you have those back in the stores. You have the steam machines in there. Yeah. You got all the Q4 product coming out. Now, and, then, you know, and then all that extra shelf space everybody has to devote to Amiibos and uh, Disney Infinity and Skylanders. And and, right, so that's big box stuff. And you have the collector's editions that come out for every freaking mm-hmm. game now. Like, times they are changing, man. And like, it's just getting even more tough to get that space that's why I think GameStop, again, because you said not a lot of profit in, the, in it for them. If if something's going to go first, what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be the Steam machines. Yeah. So, and if they lose that foothold in brick and mortar, makes it even a tougher sell. So we'll see. But uh, I wish them luck. Hopefully it works out okay. The more people who get into gaming, period, is always good for the mm-hmm. industry and good for our show and our website and whatever. So I hope it works out. But I am definitely pessimistic. So... Time to move on to the last topic of the Big Six. We talked about this game a little bit last week, but the problem was I was in the middle of the review, the Game Eval, 
and I was under NDA, so I couldn't talk about much. But now, obviously, the game came out today. Our game eval went up a couple days ago uh, before the game came out. So, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Matt, you have not had a chance to play it, have you? No, no. I uh, I was going to try to get it and play it uh, yesterday or last night, but I ended up on an odyssey to find a new monitor instead. <laughs> so uh, it's just just uh, I'll probably pick it up on the way home from here, actually. So, obviously, I have played it. I've played it all the way through and played it well after that as well because it has this Expeditions mode that you can play uh, to try to lengthen the experience a little bit, uh, which is basically just a remix of the campaign levels. Um, Literally, in some cases, it's just playing the campaign levels as quickly as possible while collecting crap. Um, So there's not a lot of extra value hidden kind of in that Expeditions mode, although they announced today that they've integrated some kind of Twitch thing where... If you watch other people mm. play, you get like coins for because it's all car driven. Yeah, just like every multiplayer mode now, it's all driven by cards, and so you have a card for like a weapon, you have a card for like buffs or cards to make it make it more challenging. Mm. And you play them. Some of them last forever. Some of them burn when you play them. And then you get they actually do a really good job of giving you enough cards just by playing the game. Every Xbox One exclusive has cards in it. Yeah, this, this, this it's season. not just Xbox One though. It's like yeah, but I'm, every like, game has like cards in it. Well, there's a lot of, but I'm saying like Forza Six, Halo Five, and now Tomb Raider all yeah. have cards as a key gameplay component. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's a way. It's a way to make money. That's yeah. all there's to it. And I will say, Rise of the Tomb Raider gives you plenty of cards for free. I never came into a situation where I was like, hmm, I really want to buy some. But I do dig the whole idea that like people watching the Twitch stream can make your game harder. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> Like it's a neat concept, but it's too like that. It's weird to me that like someone would they wouldn't have put that into Halo somehow. Yeah. Well, how would you do that though? The campaign. Like if I if I'm I would watch more Twitch screen streams if I could somehow like suddenly play a card and suddenly it's on legendary. Yeah. And the guy and the person playing wasn't ready for it. Yeah, it could be fun. It's a cool idea. There's no doubt I mean, about it. that is just a level of. I mean, trolling through Twitch that, like, I mean, that, that'd be, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think but that's, this that's is, a cool idea. Keep in mind, it's also just for expeditions. It's not for, like, the main campaign. Right. Like, I can't be playing the campaign and all of a sudden you can spawn a bear into the campaign, <laughs> which would be freaking awesome, be by great. the way. Yeah. It really would be. I'm looking for, you know, I remember. I mean, that, that day's probably coming, by the way. It should be. Yeah, where but... people who are watching actually build the game on the fly for the streamer to play mm-hmm. through. Well, I'm looking for the day when, like, because you know, there, there were a bunch of games, a couple of games that were planning to be like this and there was one game I always forget the name but it was by uh, I think it was by the uh, Left 4 Dead people um, and it was going to be uh, like a shooter except all the enemies were played by other people playing with you so you never played against like an AI, an AI. It was, yeah. it, but like you know obviously well, there's kind of been games like that already somewhat but not like I mean something like a Halo where you never play against an AI where right. it's always other players as these other enemy characters trying to kill you and like, you know, obviously, it's so like, hard to balance a challenge. It is hard to balance, but obviously, <laughs> like, you know, like the enemy characters, like you know, you can take like two shots. Right. So it's like it's, you know, whereas the main character can take tons of shots. Right, right. But like, you know, some kind of asymmetrical, asymmetrical pseudo single player thing. I'm still kind of waiting for someone to pull that off. I yeah. wish I could remember what the name of that game was. I'm sure someone in chat will know what it was. But it was like it was supposed to be through Valve. It was going to be a, a thing. And it was oh, the Crossing. That's what it was called. It was called the Crossing. The Crossing. The Crossing. And I really like that idea. Well, let's get back to this because yeah. expedition mode is really just an afterthought. Like, I played it for two or three hours and I was pretty much done. So, one thing I will say is that I, I gave this game a, a crazy positive impression last week. I had played 
limited amounts of it, and I had was only allowed to talk about very limited things. And so, I will say that the more I played this game, the less I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> they did a pretty good job, actually, for the most part. Like, for 60-70% of the game, it's paced really well. Like, you're getting new weapons and abilities, and just as soon as you get them, the next level really lets you learn how to use them, and then the level after that helps you master them, and then they give you a new one, it would repeat it. But then for the last, like, act, you kind of have all your abilities and everything, and so for the last, like, and this game's pretty big, like, I think I finished it in 17 hours or something like that. So for the last handful of hours, you kind of have everything, and it just kind of turns into this grind, because you've already been doing, like, this for already for, like, 15 hours or so. So I do feel like it, it loses a little bit of steam, but I think... The one thing that really struck me about this game, and I did mention this in the Game Eval, is that it reminded me a lot of Metroid. And I know that may sound crazy, but it the whole game is kind of built that way, how you progress through the game. Like, So there's tons of like extra tombs to play through, which is awesome. And there's like crypts that are like, there are some that are longer, there are some that are smaller. And there, a lot of them are optional, and sometimes they're already open. But, like, there are certain parts of the game where the door is barred by something, and it takes a very specific weapon to open it. So what you have to do is you have to venture forth and go through all the levels, find, like, the flaming arrows or whatever, come back with the flaming arrows, shoot the door, door disintegrates, and you go in. And, and even the level design is a lot, like, is a lot hmm. like Metroid. Like, you'll be able to see, like, oh, my gosh, there's a cave over there, but how the heck do I get there? Well, you can't. Like, there, the, there's, like, labyrinths and corridors built out of, like, fencing and buildings. So you can't just, like, say, oh, I'm going to climb this fence. And it is a little cheap in that way, the game in general, in, in that there's not consistency in what you can and cannot climb. Like, mm. basically, if there's, like, paint smeared on the wall, that means you can climb it. But there's cases in the game where you should be able to, like, climb stuff, but it just doesn't let you. And so, like, you can be able to see something through a fence. You're like, oh, I want to climb this fence and get there. You can't do that. You have to, like adventure all the way through the level, find this one place where you climb up on top of a building, get on a rope, and then, like, slide down the rope into the area that you need to get into. And again, it's a lot like Metroid in that way. You just knock the fence down. Yeah. You, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of video game conventions in this mm. game, I guess is the best way to put it. So, so well, yeah. Well, front, you know what they say archaeology is mostly about, a series of small walls. Yeah, exactly. And look, some people will love that, that it's like a Metroid game. But it honestly just started to bug me after a while. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I even felt like, you know, and a part of it, too, is that you're plowing through it for review. And, like, I felt like the Metroid Prime games were kind of that way. Like, they're a lot more enjoyable if you don't try to plow through them and you just take your time and kind of pick your way through them. And I felt like this game probably would have been a little bit would have been more beneficial to this game if that's kind of the way it was mm-hmm. played. Um, but there's definitely a couple frustrating points where you're like, it's so stupid, it's right there. Like, why? <laughs> and you look at the map, and the map doesn't really help. And like, but the core parts of the game, like, and again, for the first 60, 70% of the game, it's a great action adventure. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, it's, for the most part, it's really polished. I had a couple weird bugs where the game kind of stuttered and almost stopped, and I thought it was going to crash, but then it kind of caught up. Mm hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it's really polished. Everything kind of works the way it's supposed to. I'm not a big fan of the cover system because it's, again, it's one of those cover systems where you don't have, like, a lock onto the cover button. So you're, like, kind of mm. floaty on the cover. And there's lots of times where you're behind cover and you start getting hit. Like, Was it like that in the last one? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I can't remember that game very well. It was a long <laughs> time ago. 
I mean, this game is a lot like the last mm. game. Like I said last week, there's a, there is a lot more crafting in this game, and a lot of the crafting feels frivolous. Like, there's a bunch of abilities that you have to level up. Like, you use points as you level up to, like, increase your her abilities, so to speak. And, like, there's, like, 12 or 15 for each of three categories, and some of them are, like, just pointless and don't really make a big difference in the game. In fact, that's what I would say in general over, overall is a lot of the upgrades in this game. You don't really notice them, like, when you use them. There's a couple where that are very specific, where she'll do very specific things. Like um, there's one where you could like leave like mines on dead enemies, and then when enemies walk up to the body, it'll explode and blow them up. Like stuff like that, you notice. But more some of the more subtle things that like buff her abilities. Like it's really kind of hard to see the changes. You don't feel like she grows through the game. I guess is the best way to put it. As much as maybe you should. Mm-hmm. Well, what um, about uh, like the story? Because you couldn't talk about that at all. Oh yeah. So well, I did talk a little bit about. It. I talked about the yeah, setup. But most, well, most of that was all NDA though. Yeah. You couldn't I'm, show cutscenes. You couldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was just the NDA stuff for like streaming and things like that. I mean, the cutscenes that they're showing in these trailers that they release show a lot of the story. And I did kind of give a synopsis of it, which is you know, there's this artifact that her father was searching for. Mm-hmm. And but uh, how is it like overall? Is it <clears throat> just sort of. Typical video game story. Tomb Raider. Yeah, I mean it's, and that's the really. This is why I have the the graphic of their lessening Lara is because they did such a good job in the first game of creating this interesting character. And look, there was a flaws in the last Tomb Raider, and maybe the overall story wasn't incredible, but the development of Lara was like her going from this green naive idiot, for lack of a better term, <laughs> to become this like killer. Like, I felt like there was some impact there. In this story, she's just Lara now. And she's just, like, this gung-ho adventurer. I mean, the the one emotional angle to it is that she's trying to kind of clear her father's name because people mm-hmm. thought he was crazy before he died because he was talking about, you know, this artifact and eternal life and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, you're a nut. And it, within his, like, scientific communities, he was kind of vilified. And so part of the story is her trying to set that all right and show that her father wasn't crazy and he was really onto something. The other part of it is that she's just the Tomb Raider and she wants to go collect this crazy artifact. Well, of course, there's some other corporation who wants to use the artifact for evil mm-hmm. and it's this race between the bad guys and Lara to be the first ones to get it. So, and that's pretty much the whole setup. That takes the whole mm-hmm. course of the game, so to speak. So, Another act one. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's just like Halo. It's like, Here's your setup. So, do you think the next Tomb Raider game can just be about Tomb Raider? Like, do we need it? Is is the origin story over yet? I feel like it was completely over. Like, I don't feel like she's developed at all in this game. Like, the person that she is at the beginning of Rise of the Tomb Raider is the same exact person she Mm. is at the end. She's, like, betrayed by one person she finds she thinks is close to her or whatever. But that Rise of the Tomb Raider was a weird title for something that follows up an origin story. Yeah, I mean, I don't even understand the title of it, to be honest with you. I've, having played it all the way through and knowing everything that happens in the story and everything that happens to her, I have no idea why they named it that. None. Hmm. <laughs> I really don't. I guess just because they didn't want to call it Tomb Raider 2. Because, yeah, I mean, I think one one of the things I, I saw is that they seemed to try, to try to sell this game as, okay, she wasn't really the Tomb Raider yet after the last right. game, but to me, she was. Like, I felt like it was at the called end of, Tomb Raider. Yeah, and I felt like at the end of the game, she was there. Yeah. She had become, like, this hardened, like, adventurer. It's like and, Casino Royale. At the end, he's James Bond. Exactly. Per, it's a perfect example. And so, you know, I feel like they're trying to sell this as, like, oh, no, now she's the Tomb Raider. Mm. But I already felt she was there. 
And so again, like, it's, there's just no real character development in the game. She doesn't evolve at all. She's the same person at the end of the game as she was at the beginning. So I'm really disappointed in that. I thought Lara had become a really interesting character after the first after the first reboot, and really wanted to see some of that development and see more of that. You really just don't get it here. Uh, mechanically, it's pretty much sound. Like again, like I'm not a fan of the cover system because you don't snap on. That bothers mm. me a little bit. You're um, really not exactly sending me running out of the building to get this on the way home. What did you read by Gamey Val? Yeah. I mean, it didn't sound terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible game at all. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that. But, you know, I'm just trying to... A lot of things that... One of the things I like to do on podcasts is kind of throw all the elements out there that may or may not bother people. Mm. Because, like I said, with the Metroid stuff, a lot of people may be like, oh, my God, it's like Metroid Prime. Like, some people may be, like, leaving the stream right now to go <laughs> buy Rise of the Tomb Raider because I said that. And, That's but, a positive thing to me. Right. I mean, to you it is. But to some people, they may not want to do it. They don't... As long as Lara's not rolling up into a ball and shooting bombs out of her, out of her ass. That's a little weird. Eh. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a power-up I don't know. I mean, she has crazy abilities she gets from like leveling up in this game. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff is like a little little out there. So, But I like to mention like all the potential issues for people. That way, you know, everyone's different. And some stuff people like, some people don't like that. Some people want a straightforward adventure when they play Lara Croft. They don't want to be looking for like this one door to use a fire arrow on. So... I try to mention any potential issues so everyone can kind of figure out if it's for them. That's just typically my MO when I do podcasts like this. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad game. There's a lot of memorable moments. There's some great set pieces. or tons of moments where you're running and everything's crumbling all around you. And, you know, the quick time events are kept to a minimum other than the finishing moves. Um, but there's just little issues that kind of the first game had that this doesn't fix. Like, hand-to-hand combat still janky. Um, it just still doesn't work right. If people get close to you, it just kind of all falls apart. Um, there's no auto-aim in the game. So again, that's something that some people will love and some people will hate. Um, generally, it doesn't bother me that much, but like you literally pop up out of cover in this game and like you have no idea where your reticle is mm. going to be. Like You could try to say, oh, it's going to pop up in the middle of the screen, but this game is so, you can see, it's so cluttered with detail. It's really hard to figure out where the center of the screen is a lot of time. To know where your reticle is going to be when you pop up out of cover. So a lot of times you pop up, they sight you up real quick in this game. Like literally, they're like dead eyes. And they can throw a grenade from like 200 yards and put it like on your shoe. So <laughs> you pop up, you get shot pretty much. And we so you get shot, you flinch. You're trying to get that reticle down. Like it's just little, little things that keep a great game from becoming exceptional. And I guess that's the best way to put it. This game has a lot of little issues that keep it from being exceptional. It's mm. a great game. It's not exceptional. So, you know, as far as, like, who do I recommend this to? I think if you liked the first one, you're going to like this game. Um, I honestly feel like it doesn't carry the length of the game as well as the first one did, and the story isn't quite as good as the first one. I know a lot of critics are saying it's better than the first game. I actually do not agree with that. I enjoyed playing the first game more. Uh, Some things may be a little more smoothed out in this game than in the first one, but for the other elements, I feel like um, if I'm kind of weighing things all told, I actually, the time I spent with the first game, I enjoyed more than I did this one. Um, It's about 17 to 20 hours long. Don't expect to get much more out of it. Do I recommend buying it? I mean, I honestly don't recommend buying a lot of games. I mean, if it doesn't have a good multiplayer component, a lot of, or if it's not like a huge like RPG like The Witcher or something like that, like I honestly hardly never recommend buying games, especially if you are a member of like GameFly, because this game, look, it's 17 to 20 hours long, which is a lot for just a single player only game, but still, in two or three days over a weekend rental from GameFly, you can play through this game and you can finish it, and uh, so. 
I'd be careful buying this game, if especially if you belong to a service like that. But um, I'm not telling you not to buy it on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> you buy almost every big game anyway. So yeah. Well, I'm I kind of I'm kind of a collector of stuff. So to me, it's like oh, you know, it's my Tomb Raider games, it's my Tomb Raiders. Yeah. But so like, but I I do hope it's you know. Better than Angel of Darkness. Oh, kind of my, my gosh, yes. My oh, my gosh, yes. Tier there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nowhere even in that realm. Like, right. it's a good game. It's just, I really like it's a little first, disappointing to me. One, so. Because I, so did I. I loved it. And I felt it was underrated a little bit, even. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had high expectations for this. And I thought, you know, if they could expand on it and make it better in both the story and the gameplay. And I feel like it's just kind of running in place and the story isn't there. Mm-hmm. And the last game had head to head multiplayer. Don't forget that. It had, like, deathmatch and, like, all these modes where you could actually use the tools from the campaign in a multiplayer setting. And granted, I think I played it for, like, a week and a half or two weeks after it came out. But still, that was a week and a half or two weeks more I played the game than you're going to play this one. So that's another way I feel like, obviously, that this is an inferior game. Like, they cut the multiplayer mode out of it, and they had plenty of time to build it. So I'm not sure why they did that, to be honest. I mean, I know what they'll say. Well, we, you know, we wanted to concentrate on making the campaign as good as possible. <laughs> I don't know why in reality they didn't I actually, do it. I never played the multiplayer in the first game. Yeah. I, I mean, care. maybe that's why. They just looked at the stats of it and were like, not enough people played it. But I actually did enjoy like a week and a half or two weeks of playing it. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was fun. And it was different because you could do cool stuff. Like I said, using the tools. Like being able to shoot like the rope arrow and then pull it and like have like something collapse on somebody in a multiplayer match. That's fun. Like... You could do cool stuff in this game that you couldn't do in other shooters and other action-adventure games that have, like, even Uncharted. You know, it's multiplayer mm-hmm. never had stuff like that in it. So, it's gone. What you see is what you get, basically, with this. There are four difficulty settings. You can go back and play it on even harder difficulty. But, I mean, it's it's pretty challenging. Like, it's no pushover. Like, the, like I said, the enemies are freaking dead eyes. They're aggressive. They're not smart. Like, they don't do anything. They don't flank you or do anything. They just run at you. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them. And there's some parts of the game where there's, like... A lot of them. So a big part of it is like looking at each situation, figuring out how to dispatch them like one by one. Mm. Stealth is a good idea in a lot of cases. Um, I enjoyed it, just a little bit disappointing ultimately. So I guess that's the way I'll close it. Makes sense. Um, All right, so that's going to do it for the big six. It is time for our trailer of the week. This week's trailer of the week is a precursor to what we're going to talk about in our deep dive, which is Fallout 4. Um, Just came out today. Very proud of some of you guys for showing up in the stream today. <laughs> I know you guys all probably want to go play Fallout 4 instead of sit here watching us talk about it. So we appreciate it. Maybe they are playing while they listen that to That could us. be. That could very well be. So if you are, I hope you're having a good time. And Let's listen to that Danny Kaye song for the 50th time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here is the launch trailer for Fallout 4. And one thing I will say is that like all the Fallout 4 promotional media was all kind of funny. Like mm-hmm. It always had like... Tongue in cheek, like you know, they did that whole series on like all the perks and abilities and stuff, and they're all funny. This one's serious. This is this trailer is actually what Fallout 4 is. So let's roll it. Launch trailer for Fallout 4. Everything can change in an instant, whether or not you're ready. This wasn't the world I wanted, but it was the one I found myself in. This time I'm ready. Because I know war. War never changes. I have a question. 
the only question that matters. Would you risk your life for your fellow man, even if that man is a synth? Beneath the Commonwealth, there is a cancer, known as the Institute. A malignant growth that needs to be cut before it infects the surface. They're the real enemy. Not the Raiders. Not the Super Mutants. Not even those tools over in Diamond City. Don't shoot! I swear, I'm not a sin. For God's sakes, we're family! This is ridiculous. I want the truth, McDonough. Protect the people at a minute's notice. And decide our own future. Poor man out of time. But Paul's not lost. This campaign will be costly. But in the end, we will be saving humankind from its worst enemy. Itself. So where is it? This institute. How do I get there? Haven't you been paying attention? You don't find the institute. The institute finds you. Let's go, boy. All right, Matt. So that trailer is what it's like to play Fallout Four. Yeah, it's a much. It's a. It's not a funny game. It's not funny no. at all, man. Which is so odd that they always and they look. They did the same thing with Fallout Three, the way they promoted that. But mm-hmm. this game is really gritty and grimy and serious. That's Fallout. I mean, they they it's the trappings are kind of amusing and sort of that kitschy sort of fifties never ended atomic age thing. Yeah. But like. When you really get your, you know, the boots on the ground, even from Fallout 1, once you get the boots on the ground, like, it is dark, it is grimy, it is dirty, it is, you are eating rats, you are, I mean, it is, it's Scratching for existence, yeah. yeah. And first I want to say before we really go in depth on Fallout 4, I want to talk about why the game eval isn't up yet, and that's because this game, it kicked my butt. Like, I'm not even going to, like, sugarcoat it, like, first couple days I played this game, I could not make hardly any headway in it. Like and it part it's tough. part of it was that like I was multitasking, so I'd be working mm-hmm. on something on the site for a little while, and I'd have like an hour and twenty minutes to like go and play it, and then like I'd play it for an hour and twenty minutes, and I'd come back and do something. I'd go back, and like I wasn't really focused on the game, mm-hmm. but it was literally just kicking my ass for the first couple of days I played it, like just dying over and over again, and I think. The one thing I would say is the game's like difficulty curve is just a little off because you can't you can't just play through the main story and count on leveling up enough to stay stay with the enemies. Like for instance, you came in tonight and I was like, "Where are you in the game?" And you said, "Oh, I'm going to such and such." And what did I say to you? I said, "And and I've been going to such and such for like an hour and a half." Yeah, I, mean, I keep getting sidetracked by other things, which is what happens in this game. Yeah, right. you'll come across new side missions or new people who give you side missions or whatever. Next thing you know, that mission that you thought you were going to go on, you mm-hmm. it's like two hours later, and you still like. Well, then I mean, there's that the whole like crafting building thing, but like at one point, I ended up like 
because you end up like uh, very very early on you end up kind of rescuing some people who then like kind of set up camp in, in right. the town you start in your in, old neighborhood yeah. and you go through this whole thing where like there's like oh we need beds we need doors we need you know, and so you have to like learn how to use the crafting system through that but see here's the thing and like, I, I spent like half an hour clearing brush yeah like like I was like breaking down wood as a, and I was like having good time I was like oh that, yeah look, the street looks much better now like, no see <laughs> here's the thing weird. like I missed all of that really like nope I didn't do any of that I still haven't done any of that. I have not bought a bed or anything for the people in my, like, starting town. Like, at all. Like, I built, like, my homestead at, like, the rocket drive yeah, that's, that's my home base, too, yeah. But, you know, you have that little town, like, across right. the bridge. But I, I picked the rocket gas station, the red rocket gas station, because uh, no one's wandering around whining about how they don't have beds. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just me and my dog and my power armor. That's, yeah. all, that's it. So what I was was what I was about to say was that you know you came and asked you where you were and you're like well I'm heading to such and such and I, what did I tell you I said turn around and don't go there <laughs> because if you do what the game tells you to do you'll get your butt kicked like I went to the place that you said you were going to when they told me to go there they're like go down there and I was like okay so it's like a long ways you have to go mm-hmm. and like I trudge and fight all the way down there it is hard like you can just get randomly get killed out of nowhere like you're just walking across the wasteland. And, like, these ghouls just run up to you and just whack you and kill you. Like, there's no warning. There's, like, I know for some of the really higher-level enemies, they'll have, like, a little skull next to them to let you know mm-hmm. you should run away from them or whatever. But, like, there's some enemies you just can't get away from. Like, they run just as fast as you. And so, you know, you fight through all the way that. You get down there, and you realize you have no chance. None. Like, <laughs> you get there, and there's, like, a guy guarding the door. that You have to empty your whole arsenal to kill. Like, literally, like, every bullet I had, every grenade I had... And I kill him, and I go in, and there's, like, five of them. And I was like, well, okay then. I guess I'm not supposed to be here, but you told me to come here. And so there's some grinding that needs to be done in this Mm. game. But there's no good place to grind. Like, I can't find places where there's just, like, medium-level enemies that I know I can kill and just kill enough of them to keep, like, leveling up. Like, the balance in this game is just all sorts of screwed up. Like... I need to find a place to grind so I can, like, mm. get over the hump so that I'm not constantly just dying, like, in this game. And, like, I feel like I finally did get there, like, yesterday or the day before. But anyway, this is why the Game Eval is delayed for, for uh, Fallout 4. That's why it's not up yet. I am getting close, I feel like, towards the end of the game. But going back to what you are saying about crafting. So my overall impression of this game is that it assumes way too much of the player. It assumes you have played Fallout 3, like, big time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it doesn't assume you just played it, because I never finished Fallout 3. I played probably 15 hours of it, just because it was, like, came out in Q4. I was really busy. Ryan Stevens had reviewed it for GT. I knew I needed to play it to talk about, like, Game of the Year stuff. So, I played it for, like, 10 or 15 hours. That's not enough to know what to do in Fallout 4. Oh, no. It's nowhere near enough. I did finish that, and I think I finished all the DLC, and it was, I think, the final time was, like, 200 hours. I mean, yeah. I, I, and th- that's the thing. We're probably playing the game very differently, because, like, Fallout... Fa- I mean, Fallout 4 is basically Fallout 3. It is, With, like, yeah. some enhancement with some mods, yeah. basically. And f- with all the good and bad that implies. And, um, like... If there's one thing I know about Bethesda's take on Fallout is you can't rush it. Like you, 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 you know, like when they tell me to, you know, go down to this place, I'm like, well, I better go look at every single thing around here before I do that because that means like go fuck around for like four hours before you actually make your way down that far. Because the Rivet City was like that in Fallout Three as well. Like you didn't go, you know, 
that's like the fourth or fifth thing they tell you to do when you're looking for your dad in Fallout 3. But like, if you actually just go do that, you're like, you're going to be running from super mutants pretty yeah. soon. You know? it's, I think it's, you, the super mutants in this game, you see them real early. Mm-hmm. Like, real early. Like, I don't know if you've run into them yet, but... I haven't yet. You but, will very soon. But I knew, I figured that was probably going to happen because it, you, get thro- you get thrown into power armor so quick in this game. Yeah. I could. It, I was shocked at how fast because they've changed the power armor completely. Yeah. How, which they've shown in like videos and stuff, but it's like it's more like a vehicle now, and it's like, like on one hand I kind of like the mechanics better on it, but on the other hand I'm kind of the Fallout purist in me is a little put off by how much it changes the role of the armor in the universe. You know, it's, well, it's what a happened weird to me was switch. I I jumped in my power armor. I started running around the countryside like killing chicks. I finally felt like I wasn't going to die from one mm-hmm. hit, and I was like, God, I feel powerful. Like oh, I'm going to use this thing, and I got out in the middle of nowhere, and the battery died. Like, <laughs> and so my they didn't, and you know, like they you, you go back to the homestead, and it, like they have like these things to like craft and build it, mm-hmm. and like for five hours, like while well, I tried to find a power supply for this thinking thing and be able to afford one. It just sat out in the middle of nowhere, just sitting there. Like, the game... See, I didn't even know you could run out of fusion oh, yeah. core power like that. But what I learned the hard way was if you get out of your suit to do something, take the fusion core with you. Yeah. Because the enemies can get in it. Yeah. And, and then attack you. you with it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like... It's like, so I suddenly turn around, I hear... I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, someone's jacking my power armor. And so... And then like, and so like now I didn't even think of it, but like what they did in the power before I got I got them out of it, and then I had to repair everything. Yeah. But like they probably drained my battery even more. They probably did. So. Yeah. The crazy thing about this game is that it is one of the most complicated games you're going to play this year. It really is more complicated than you think it, especially once you get into the crafting stuff, and it's oh, not. It is insanely it's not complicated. Nothing is explained. Nothing. Like you're talking about how. You like started like building your homestead like right away, and you started mm-hmm. helping those people who moved into like your old house or whatever. I just completely missed that, like walked right past it. Never, d- and so when I finally started building back at like the gas station, the rocket gas station, like I went to the bench and I crafted like a wall and like a prefab like gazebo, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. And I'm like, where are they? Where did they go? I could not find them. They had spawned on the other side of the wall from the workbench. So I'm outside, like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm able to craft things on the fly out here. And I started building stuff, but I'm like, where did those buildings go that I paid for already? And I did not find those buildings until like three hours later. (laughs) Literally, only by luck. I went around the back of the building and saw it. I was like, there's the walls and like Mm. the gazebo I paid for. Well, the thing I didn't get was that, um, because you can go up to the workbench and like, you know, the workbench is like sort of like, you get kind of an area you can build in. So like the, the Red Rocket gas station is like an area you can build in. Yeah. And then the sanctuary place where all those the guys move into is like a, another area. And there's like in. a drive-in. But what I yeah. didn't like get, and I think it kind of explained it in like the tooltip things, but it just didn't, either I didn't read it right or it didn't, was worded weird. I didn't get that it says like the, when you store junk or whatever in the, in the, in the transfer thing on the workbench, you can then draw from that for all the crafting tables. But that only applies to the crafting tables in the area. Yeah. So I was like, 
I was trying to build something that required, I think, nuclear material at one point. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's like, you don't have nuclear material. I'm like, I know I have nuclear material. Right. I just found it. And it turned out I'd stored it in, a, yep. in the workbench in the other place. And in order to get all that, that um, those inventories to link up, you have to have like this stat... Uh, this perk called like like care like local leader or something that like lets you establish trade routes between all your settlements. Yeah, which is like it's like charisma level six or it's like right. it's like mid game shit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, gonna be basically like trans like you know. Well, like, you can fast travel at least between. You can, but like some you know at one point I'm just like well I'm gonna need a lot of wood. So I, and I was like trying to build stuff at Red Rocket and I'm like I know I have hundreds and hundreds of wood. Because I broke down every tree in Sanctuary, yeah. but then I realized I'd stored it all up there, yeah, so I had yeah. to like go back and do it. So now I'm kind of like playing pack mule, and I don't even know well, if there's a better way to do that. Well, eventually you get companions, and yeah. they're like people that follow you around and will fight with you. Like the dog is the first. I have the companion. dog, and I have like the robot. I think will do that with you. The, and the, you can the, use the them beginning. as pack mules. You can load them up with stuff. So that's one thing mm. you should keep in mind to help you when you're getting coming. Look, I hate well, any I know game who's that carrying lets you all get... my shotguns now. Yeah, exactly. The dog. I hate any game with being encumbered. I hate it. I hate mm-hmm. a game where if you put too much stuff in, you can't move. Like, just don't let me take that next thing. Like, I just, mm. I hate it. It's like you get put in these weird positions where, like, you pick up, like, a syringe, and all of a sudden you're overweight, and there's an enemy in the room, and he just <laughs> oh, it's too much. hacks your head off. Yeah. I know, it's like, this, I feel like this game is old. It's like a game that has not evolved since the last one. Like, it is. It's a. It's weirdly arcade. And I will say, um, yeah, I'm, and I am. I am enjoying sometimes it. Sometimes fun. Like sometimes it's cool to discover yeah. stuff on and your own. And weird stuff happens. You know, it's the usual kind of open world Bethesda yeah. thing where like it's fun to discover. It. But I will say, uh, I started. It unlocked. Well, it unlocked last night at nine o'clock our time, and my girlfriend was out. Was out doing other stuff, and she came home after I've been playing it for like an hour and a half. And she came, and she's no stranger to Fallout. She plays games a lot. She's no, you know, she's not. She's well versed in all this stuff. And she watched me play it a little bit, and she's like, "Which one is this?" Yeah. And I'm like, "That." Is, and I'm like, like I mean, let's, "Which let's, what?" Let's she's like, wait. "Which Fallout?" And I was, and I was like, "Which Fallout is?" And I'm like, "No, it's Fallout 4." She's like, "She's like, I didn't even know that was out." I'm like. Like an hour and a half ago, it's like wow, it sure looks like Fallout Three. And I, I know, like, you're, look, I know you're trying to tie it into the fact that I just said it feels like an old game, but let's wait to talk about the graphics. Let's go mm-hmm. through kind of like the gameplay and stuff like that. Yeah. And, well, I think it's a it's a universal criticism. It is. You're right. It it goes beyond just the visuals for sure. Like, and there's just like simple things that like you can't figure out how to do. For instance, I have had my flashlight on for two hours. <laughs> I have no idea how to turn the flashlight off. Hold B. Every once in a while, well, see, here's the thing. Like, I switched up my whole control scheme mm. to play more like a tri- like a traditional first-person shooter. So I have, like, circle set for crouch and, like, X for reload and, like, triangle to interact. And, like, mm. I set it, it up should, like a typical well, then shooter. It, well, then it should be whatever button you use to bring up the Pip-Boy, hold that. that should I be tried that. that. And, like... But did it not... I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if the game wasn't smart enough to try. I changed it to the trackpad. Like, mm. that's my pit boy. So can the trackpad... Does the trackpad know if you're holding it I don't it think down? it does. And like, oh, I've, I've, what an interesting problem. I've noticed, like, every once in a while I'll hit it and it'll, like, go off. And I'll tap it again, but it won't come on. And I'll tap it again and it will go on. It's like... <laughs> like, how do I... And then it's, like, alerting enemies. Because it's like, I come in and my mm. flashlight's on. And they're like, oh, my God. And they, like, start shooting me, like, immediately. Like, like I can't figure out, like, guns. Like, when you're crafting guns, like, how do you take, like a scope off a gun and put it on another like just it takes forever to figure out the most simple crap yo you can but you have to like 
you have to like re-equip. It's so convoluted. You have to like equip another gun or choose. Oh, you have to choose like a new attachment in that same class. Then mm-hmm. that attachment will be detached. That can then be reattached. It's just the whole game is like this, Matt. Like it is just archaic as all get out. And like, here's the thing about games like this, though, is that like eventually you learn all these little nuances, and mm. then like a month later you look back and you laugh. You're like, oh. I remember when I was on Game Face asking about how I got a scope from one gun to the other. Ha oh, ha, what an idiot I was. But <laughs> That's all I do now. Right. <laughs> I just put scopes on things. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say. So, <laughs> but my point is, like... Put a scope on my baseball when you, bat. When you evaluate games like this, you know. You're like, okay, like a month from now, I'm going to know all this it. stuff. Like, like you're, it's all first impressions, and like you got to get that done. But the other part of it, too, is that you're evaluating this game, trying to tell somebody who will be playing it for the mm-hmm. first time whether they should buy the game or not. And a lot of people will play this game and be like, what the hell? I just keep dying over it. They will die. Like, I would love to watch like a casual player like play this game. Like... It would be calm. In fact, maybe that's a well, new series on Sifted. Is like, casual. dude plays Fallout Four. <laughs> well, it's also like interesting that like because the game, I'll give them credit on this. The game feels much more functional as a shooter. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Without a doubt. To the point that there were a couple times when like I forgot about Vats. Yeah, when I first started playing the game, I had completely forgotten about yeah. Vats. And like, I, you have to use it. To I, oh yeah, when I, I ran into my first uh, mud crab. Yep. And I was like, fucking bullets are bouncing off him. Like, you know, and like it killed the dog. Like, yeah. or, you know, or whatever. You know, it can disable the companion. Right. A companion can get knocked out basically, but not killed. Yeah. And like, and so I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh yeah, I can do that. And of course, Vats now it's not doesn't stop things. It's slow motion. Yeah. So you can still get screwed if you're not fast enough on the draw on that. Which I don't know how I feel about that yet. And I can't figure out whether if they're moving, like if it affects the accuracy of the vat. Like it's just nothing is explained. Like, dude, here's the thing. They don't even explain vats. No. I only know because I know the series. Played it before, and I yeah. know it exists. Like, you look at the control scheme, it says vats here, like left shoulder button or whatever. I, you know, I changed mine or whatever, but what's vats? To someone who didn't play Fallout 3, what the hell's vats? And then even once you're like, so you tap the button and like a body part turns green and you're like, I just try to imagine somebody who isn't like us playing this game, Matt. Like, it's a nightmare. Like, for someone who doesn't know, hasn't played Fallout 3 and doesn't know, like, kind of the nuances of, like, the the series, it's mind-boggling that this game was made this way. Like, there is, there was no, like, and maybe in some ways it's kind of cool. That is really just for hardcore people. But there is nobody who sat on this development team that was like, hey, what about, like, my uncle when he goes to play this game? Like... There's just nobody there to ask it. It's like, fuck your uncle. Pretty much. That's what happened. Like, my uncle screwed, Matt. Screwed. Like, it's just... You just don't see games like this anymore that don't explain anything. Yeah. And if usually if you do see games that don't explain much, it's like it's not as complicated as this game. Yeah. And remember how, like, in Fallout 3, when, like, an important tutorial thing popped up, like, the, the game would stop. Yep. And it would pop up, and you had to, like, confirm... Yeah. Now it's just like thing pops up in the corner, and if you don't look at it, sorry, you mi- you missed a key element of the crafting system or whatever. You know, it's like well, it's like I missed a, like the whole thing with like um, building like your base, and then you build other bases because you're basically trying to build these bases that attract more people so that you can build up this faction of people called the Minutemen, who are mm-hmm. like the dissenters or whatever in in the world, and so. Like, I didn't even know at first, like, what I was supposed to be doing with this crap. So I, like, started my first, like, homestead at, like, a drive-through or drive-in. 
movie theater, like an abandoned one or whatever, and like I had to like attach a tower to the top of it or whatever, and like just that, dude. So you have to build a, a generator. You put the generator down. Mm-hmm. Then you build a tower. Well, then you have to connect the generator to the tower. So they're like, use a wire. It says, use a wire right. to connect it. I'm like, okay. So I start looking through like the items, the crafting things. And it's like, I look, I go to like power, I look for connectors. And I'm looking, there's nothing, nothing there. there. There's no wires. Yeah. Yeah, I found that because I because they wanted water or whatever. They wanted a water pump or whatever yeah. at the at the first settlement. And like, okay, connect, build a generator. All right, build build the pump. Okay, find hook up to a wire. I'm like, where's the wire? There's, I can't find the wire. So I go up to the thing, and there's a thing. It's like press you know, whatever button that says attach wire. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I do that, and so I go over and I walk over to uh, the pump, and I go, okay, attach, and nothing. Now, see, I, go, I didn't even see the, the so, command to attach but, the wire. But here's the thing. Is like, I keep going back. Like, okay, I go back up the wire. No, it, it turns red. Why is it turning red? It's turning red because you can only string the wire for so long before you need another connector, yeah. like, tower thing to do. And then I look through, and I can't figure out which tower, yeah. which object that is the to connect that. The whole game is like this, So man. I just picked the power generator up and moved it next to the pump yeah. and just hooked them up like that. Yeah. So, and I'm like, that is probably not the ideal way to teach me how to do this. That's the way the whole game is. Yeah. Like, it really, there's just a lot of trial and error. Like, I did not even see that, the, like, I had to hit triangle to connect the wires. Like, I just assumed I needed to, like, grab it from something I had to craft. From... Well, because everything else is like that. Exactly. Like, the logic in the game is just bonkers. And so, but here's the thing. Like, I am still loving it. Like, I'm still really enjoying playing this game. Like, the difficulty isn't so... Look, I've been mad. I've flipped off my TV. I've yelled the F-bomb many times playing this game. But it's not that, like, over-the-top level. Like, a Mm -hmm. lot of people feel like the the Soul series or, like, Bloodborne is. Like, it's manageable. And, like, you do kind of learn every time you do something. Like, and you learn to use vats. Like, you have to use vats or you have no chance. So... Once you really start getting into using fast and things like that, it becomes manageable and it's not like overwhelming. And that's the thing about this game. And, and you know, it's huge. And like you, you discover all these different people and like there's all these different causes going on that you get kind of wrapped up in. And like I'm still loving it. I'm loving the environment of the game, mm-hmm. not the visual environment that you see, but just like the whole tone of it, I guess. Yeah, well, the way, you know, they had that in Fallout, I think. It wasn't there so much in Oblivion, but in Fallout 3, Bethesda really learned how to tell a story with how they decorated an area. Yeah. And, like, you can kind of, you know, Fallout... And Skyrim had it to some degree, but I think it's easier to do it in a post-apocalyptic setting, maybe, where, like, you come into a room and you see, you know, the two skeletons, like, hugging each other on a bed, and you're like, oh, that's what happened here. Yeah. There was one thing I wandered into in this one where, like, everything, you know, dead dead people in a room, you know, just skeletons, like, you And, um... Go in the bathroom, and there's a dead body in the bathtub, and three mannequins standing around the bathtub, and they're all holding machetes. And I'm like, what the fuck happened in here? It's like, and I'm just like, I have no idea what that means. It didn't relate to anything else in the building. There was no other, like, nothing about that has paid off other than I took the machetes. Right. (laughs) Of course you did, because you take everything in this game. Because you um, need to. You have to have it all for scrap to, like, craft things. I leave just a a trail of naked dead people in my my wake because I'm just like, oh, I'm taking all your fucking leather. That's all coming with me. Yeah, because you need it to Because you've got to break it down so you can upgrade your own weapon. Um, And I'm kind of into into that, but it's like there's so much... 
there's so much of this game that feels like Fallout 3. Yeah. And part of that is nice because you, you slip into that rhythm because yeah. I liked Fallout 3 a lot. But part of it is also like I feel like I'm playing something I already played. Yeah. And there's little things I like. I love that they got rid of degradation on the weapons yeah. and armor. I mean, you still have to repair uh, power armor yep. if it gets screwed up. But like you know, your normal armor, your weapons, like they don't degrade. If you find something you really like, you can, you can keep, keep it, it forever. Yeah. You can even rename it. It lets yeah, you rename yeah. your favorite weapons, whatever you want. Yeah. I liked it. I named my character Matt, and like everyone calls me Matt. Yeah. The, there's all those names. Well, that I named my Dinfire. I should have named myself Shane so I could get that. But yeah. I, yeah. They're not gonna have Dinfire. <laughs> um. But like, there's there's this this element. It feels so much like. There are other games that I also that like. There's this. It's this weird mix of like, oh, it feels good to be back, and oh, I've really I've done this. It's just like already. going home for Christmas, yeah. back to your hometown. Yeah. You're like for the first day, like, like oh, it's oh, great it's to great be in this be bar again. I haven't been in this bar in forever. Oh yeah, the beer doesn't taste very good here. Oh, and the people town. here really. Like, the people here are like yeah. It's like, <laughs> But it's like you're still glad you went. Yeah. But it's not really the best thing that happened to you this December. Kind of yeah. Thing, you know? And uh, I kind of feel like that right now. And it's all like it's so much. It is you know. It really is clearly the old engine. You know the engine they've been using. Yeah. Let's forever. just transition on over to the visuals yeah. in this game, which by pretty much modern de- definitions are it's terrible. It's like, not good. This game um, is not. A good-looking game, and the character models are literally probably the ugliest character models I've ever seen. Well, it's—I wouldn't go that after far. like the PlayStation Two era. Well, I'm—I mean, I'm playing on—I'm uh, playing on PC, like 4K, the whole thing, you know, going like full on. And yeah, it's a shame for this game's for this game's well-being. It's a shame it came out in the same year as Witcher Three, because it's just outclassed in terms of open-world stuff. Because like that's usually the thing that kind of in my head sort of helps get around that is like well it's so big and you can manipulate so many things and it's like it's cool it's okay that the trees don't look good but like we've already played games this year where the trees do look good and yeah they there's are no that excuse expansion. for this game expansion. to look this way there's no excuse after playing a game like the witcher 3 the witcher 3 puts this game to shame yeah in so many ways visually it's the not other, even and the other thing is uh this you know witcher 3 on my rig runs at just a rock solid 60 frames per second this game Dips to fifty or fifty-three. Like whenever, <laughs> I know when, people are like saying first-world problems right now, but Matt's yeah, but rig is a beast. It's a beast. Like but, he literally just spared no expense to build his new rig. But there's just like this element of like there's no reason just because some shaders are on the water that this thing should drop. Like there's yeah. no like like that to me feels like some kind of like optimization problem on the part of the game, not my hardware. Like I can run way more demanding stuff than this at a higher more solid, steady frame rate. Yeah, the character models in this game are so off-putting, and it's such a story-driven game that, like, it's really hard for... They, it's really hard for them to convey any emotion in, like, the cutscenes. Like, yeah, I'm having a hard good. time caring about, like, anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's, I hate to say it, it feels kind of superficial, but it's just, like, they're so off-putting and jarring in how bad they look, and, like, the animation is awful, the lip-syncing's terrible, and, like... it re- To me, it really looks like Fallout 3, 3 with a bunch of mods. It really yeah. does. I mean, it's like a higher-resolution Fallout 3. I mean, I really feel mm-hmm. like they probably use the same exact engine in this game. Well, it's still the Gamebryo thing, you know, very, very heavily modified, but it's still the same engine they made Oblivion on. Yeah. And have you had any glitches? Because I have had none. Like, I've seen all the glitch videos, but I've had, I have had none. I've had a few. I've had, uh, there's a, there's an area, like, to the east, slightly to the east of the town you start in, 
which is like it's like a mining quarry kind of thing but it's full of water and like the 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 quest there is you talk to a guy and he wants you to fix these pipes under the water which is of course radioactive so it's bad to swim in it but like you fix it and then he gets a pump that can like empty the the water but when i went to it it was covered in like this kind of square texture that looked like the lowest imaginable resolution concrete imagine like concrete texture from like the PS1. Like, yeah. that's what it looks like. And it's covering the thing, and if you walk through it, you can, like, walk through it. It's, it's you know, intangible. And, like, underneath it is, like, the ramp into the quarry and everything that you're supposed to see. But on my screen, it was just, like, this low-res, like, box covering this area. And I had to, like, go through and kind of, like... It was, like, kind of, you know... Like clipping through like the things I was supposed, the valves I was supposed to turn off, so I couldn't see where they were. So I had to like, kind of hunt around and find where the you know the interaction like prompt came yeah. up. It was just like a mess, and I restarted it. I rebooted the computer. I like try. You know, I, I and it just every time I reloaded the game up, it looked like that. There was yeah. nothing I could do to fix it, and so I don't know what the problem. And, and the, th- the thing about that was like, it's like, it's like. Like a hundred yards from the town you start in. It's not like I'm like forty hours into the game and on the far yeah. side of the map, this thing that maybe forty people were gonna find by now right. are like seeing it and it's like, oh, it doesn't render right. It's like this thing is like two locations away from where you start. Yeah. Like how is that happening? Yeah, I've had no glitches. The only th- issue that I had was just the way the game is designed. Mm-hmm. And there was this one area where I was in a building. And you'd fall down a hole in the elevator and you go into this other room that has like a safe and a bunch of like stuff to loot, like good right. stuff. The problem is, is that you're trapped in there and you have to use the computer monitor to hack the door mm-hmm. to get out. Otherwise, you're, you're literally trapped. And I don't know if you've done any of that stuff yet, but basically yeah. what it comes down to is just randomly selecting a word on the screen yeah, and hoping like it's right. Three. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was stuck in this room for like ten minutes because I could not get the word right for the computer terminal. Like, and it resets every time you back out, so you don't like lock it up because you. Well, do, no, you it's like the tries, way it right? does it is like you get like you guess get to guess the word five times or six right. times, and then it locks you out. And so, well, what you do is if you don't get it down to the last try, you just back out of the computer and try again. Oh, I didn't and, even know that. Yeah, that's that's basic Fallout Three trick is if like. If you, you guess how many times you did, and if you don't get it by the last guess, you just back out, go back in. And see, pa- I didn't even know that. And the, the password changes, so you have to start over yeah, again. Yeah, see, I but know. But at least it doesn't lock you out, uh, until, so you can't try again for however much time. Well, the lockout's only 10 seconds, but it's just stupid. It's like I'm trapped in this room for, like, literally 10 minutes just trying <laughs> to get the right word. Like, the game is full of stuff like this. Just, like, little weird, like, issues that will drive some people crazy. Some people will blow them off and say whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I don't dis- dislike it at all. It's just sort of, at this point, I'm not entirely sure it's going to keep me away. Because I was worried about Battlefront next week, where I'm like... Hey everybody, by the way, start getting your questions in now. Yeah. Because I was like worried, like, am I going to be able to tear myself away from Fallout to play Battlefront next week? And I feel like right now the answer is absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And uh, but the other thing is like you know I've run into that I've run into like, a glitch where like these radiation storms like hit and like afterwards all the foliage because the foliage blows in the wind yeah. and then after the wind's gone the foliage on my at least on my game wiggles like it's having a seizure it oh, looks it looks like you know how like if you took like blowing like trees and you like tripled the speed of the video it looks like that oh right and I'm like what the hell is it and, and so and that doesn't stop until you fast travel away from it. So, but I, at the same time, this game is so huge and so vast. Like, it's sort of like, it's like the forums, you know? It's like, how you know, some of this stuff is, I'm sure, like, 
all these different people with these different hardware configurations had to go in and break this thing in ways that you know Bethesda could never have imagined. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, I know everybody was kind of saying like, oh, I'm waiting for the first patch. I'm waiting for the fir you know first two patches, whatever. And I'm like, well, I can't because we got to talk. You know, we got to talk about. It. I'm gonna, you know, we gotta play it at launch, see what it's like, tell people what to expect. Yeah. And right now I'm like, well, I might just wait for them to patch it. After all, because right now, I've, you know, just in six hours, I've run into a bunch of, like, you know, display glitches and problems, and I'm just like, well, that's really difficult to play through. Matt, how do you feel about the fact that a lot of reviews have even mentioned, you know, in fact, most reviews go on and on about all the problems this game has, like, mm -hmm. just tons, and then they just basically ignore them all and have given it, like, gigantic scores. Like, how do you feel about that? I don't particularly like it. I think you know, and it's like it's hard because it's like, well, you know, a lot of those problems will probably be fixed either by Bethesda's official patches or by community mods eventually. Yeah. But you know, how do we? How do you address that? You do can't you, assume though. Yeah, you, so can't, you can't assume, assume that. that they're gonna be able to fix everything. But what you're telling, I feel like that's what a lot of the critics are doing is just, well, we've seen this before with their games, and we know. You don't know, though. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits. You're assuming that things are going to work the same way well, as before. Well, there's also a lot of, like, well, I really enjoyed this game anyway. Right. You know, and yeah. maybe, you know, maybe there's people that don't care. Well, it kind of goes that. back to my theory on how I do podcasts. It's like I try to bring up anything that could be a potential issue to somebody and then let mm -hmm. them choose whether it's going to affect them or not or whether they, it really bothers them. But I feel like when you're talking about a review and if you're going to put a score in your review, I think what you're seeing here is what I've talked about with, like, our game evals is that... Hidden algorithm, that fuzzy logic that oh. a lot of the scoring systems that some sites allow for. It's like, well, there's all this stuff wrong with it, but mm -hmm. it still gets that 9.5. It's like, how do you rationalize that? Like, yeah. some people just don't. I guess that's what, mm -hmm. it, what it really comes down to. And so. it's like, how do you, you know, because like on, for everything where I was like, oh, that's an ugly texture. That doesn't look good. There have been like times when like, the atmosphere looked great. Right. It looked like dawn and like the god rays are coming through the trees. Right, or like, like there was like one time I returned to like the gas station and it was just covered in fog. Yeah. And it was, was just like you know, a fog bank just rolled in out of nowhere. And like, yeah, sometimes like from a distance the game looks mm -hmm. good. The closer you get to stuff, the that, worse it looks. Yeah, that first, you know, that traditional, you know, Bethesda first exit into the world. Right. Where you see everything and you're yeah. like, whoa. Like, yeah. It, it, it strikes a good vista. Yeah. But it is not a good-looking game, though. Don't, don't look too closely at that shelf. <laughs> Definitely not. But, yeah, I mean, look, I'm having fun with it. The game eval hopefully will be up in the next couple days. you get to see my official take on it. I think I've kind of shared my opinion yeah. um, on, on most of it, at least. I mean, I would say, like, look, if you love Fallout 3... Yeah, go buy you're, it. You're yeah. going to love this yeah, game, Yeah, I can tell you too. that right now. If you like Fallout 3, just go get it. Like, yeah. you're, you'll get... 70, 100, 200 hours out of this game and you'll love every minute of yeah. it. But If you hated Fallout 3, this is not going to change your mind. That's a good way to put it. And I think, you know, if people typically don't like games like this that are a little janky, like if you didn't like like Skyrim when it first came out, like mm -hmm. if you didn't like Fallout 3 when it first came out and you played a couple hours of it, we're like, screw this. Like, this is a piece of junk. Like, you're yeah. going to have the same feelings. But there's a lot to love in here if you're ready for a game that's not, you know, it's not Witcher 3 perfect yeah, term, you know, not Witcher Three wasn't Witcher Three perfect. Frankly, That's the worst launched. thing that happened to this game, by the way, is the Witcher Three. It really is because it just showed like it makes this game look so bad in comparison. Yeah, because everything's explained in that game. Like you're you're not left wondering how to do stuff. Like that game's just as complicated, has just as many systems, but it's all explained and you know how to use it all. Mm -hmm. And like there's a lot of learning that you do while playing this game. Yeah, and some you know in some ways like that is a throwback to like 
classic gaming where like you had to figure stuff out. You know, there's tons of PC games I played back in the day where I, it took me a year to figure out the final level puzzle of cr the Crescent Hawks Inception. They used to be part of the hobby. Yeah. All right, so let's get to some questions here. A lot of them are Fallout 4 related. Surprise, surprise. Mm, who knew? Uh, let's see. Any thoughts on the console versions versus PC or even PS4 versus Xbox One? I hear the Xbox One has some nasty issues. What's the deal with the disparity? Well, right now, the only good version is the PC version. It's the only one that will run at a rock-solid uh, frames per second, even though you're saying you're having some problems with it even on your yeah, PC. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm running it at a 4K, so I'm sure if I brought, dropped it to 1080, it, it would be like 16 a rock. like yeah. a rock, no yeah. question. PlayStation 4 version runs like crap. Like, it literally runs and like According to Digi crap. Digital Foundry, uh, the Xbox One version is worse. It will, according to Digital Foundry, the Xbox One version will drop down to like 10 frames a second and even bottom out for brief seconds. But mm. I'll tell you what, the PlayStation 4 version isn't much better. Like, it literally will give you like motion sickness. Like, so a lot of times you're running, it just feels like you're in slow. It's just a, a crappy frame rate. Like, you know mm. what it feels like if you've played games for a long time. It has it. It is bad. There's no sugarcoating it. It's bad on the PlayStation 4. It's bad on Xbox One. If you can, definitely mm. get the PC version. Uh, let's see. Have you guys ever bought a console just for one game? I got an Xbox One today just for Tomb Raider. That is from SMC92 Ian. Hmm. No. Yes. Never. Yeah, I bought the N64 just because of Mario Super Mario 64. I well, I mean, I bought the N64 when that came when you know when that came out because I wanted to play Shadows of the Empire and Mario 64. So that's two games. But I knew other games were coming that I definitely wanted. So like, my, I honestly my... really didn't. I, Super Mario 64 blew me away so much. If I had bought that console and only ever played that game, I don't think I would regret it. Because it literally just blew mm. my freaking mind. My rule tends to be uh, there needs to be five games on a system that I know I want, want, want. Yeah. And that's, that's my breaking point. I bought N64 just for Super Mario 64. Unless I, I wouldn't have cared if anything came after that. Unless it's a Sega console back in the day, in which case I was an idiot. So I, I bought the Saturn mainly for like uh, Capcom fighting games. Okay, here's another one about Fallout 4 from Goji Gogo. Question: Does the fun you're having in Fallout 4 outweigh the bad? Do you need to have played the third installment or no? Um, I would say it definitely outweighs the bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you need to have played Fallout 3, but if you have played Fallout 3, you will understand what you're doing a lot faster. If you haven't played Fallout 3, you're going to be really frustrated at the beginning of this game. In fact, if you, if you can play Fallout 3, like the first hour of Fallout 3, that might help before you play Fallout 4. But Fallout 4 is out, no one's going to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Xbox version comes with Fallout it 3. It does, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fun does outweigh the bad. It can be really frustrating on a number of levels, particularly at the outset. But yeah, just be ready that you're going to have to meet this game halfway to some degree. It's Yeah, it's not an easy game. That's, I guess, the best way to put it. In any sense, it's not easy. But I think everything that we find annoying in it right now will be second nature by, like, Sunday. So. Yep. Uh, what did you want from Fallout 4 gameplay-wise? This is from W. Matthew. I like it. It's a waste. I want to be... It's a waste I want to be barely getting by, but that is just me wanting gameplay and themes to match up. I'm not sure what that means. I think he means, like, it should be hard because you're supposed to be barely surviving in this world. And they nail that part of it. <laughs> it's like yeah. I said, you know, I still don't feel like I'm, like, a level up on, like, the enemies. I feel like, I mean, I'm only level 7 or so, but, like, I feel like the perks are pushing me towards a real overpowered state. Um, I, th I think... 
it's not going to be too long before I feel like I can handle anything the game throws at me. But that's also kind of the fun of those Bethesda open world games, is sort of that progression from weak little runt to like uh, bring it on. Yeah. So. Next question from this is for Vidya Games. Will Yuji Naka ever get a break? Can't believe I had to wait till 2015 to buy a Wii game. Do you think he will get the chance to make a big game again? Yuji Naka? Yeah. I don't even know. Rodea came out today also. Sky Soldier. Mm. No, probably not. I don't think he will get a chance to make a big game. I love Yuji Naka's games. Knights is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, He was also one of my favorite interviews of all time. He's a cool dude. Um, But I just, I think the era of his kind of game is kind of over. Yeah. I, I don't know if I don't know if that's ever going to recover. He hasn't made a great game in a really long time. Let's just remember that. And he still owes me for making me suffer through Billy Hatcher. <laughs> From Chester Eugene, would Final Four still make it into your Game of the Year combo, Shane? Yes, most definitely. Sure. No question. Um, let's see. Unless something horrible happens in the next, like, 30 hours of it. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure this is up up there. Have you guys played Triforce Heroes? I just got Triforce Heroes. I've not had a chance to play it yet, Tom Andy, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Are the issues with Fallout more or less an issue due to how the marketing public announcement was handled compared to the other big games? It was such a short media period compared to an Assassin's Creed marketing period. Does that have any influence on your opinion? It does not. But one thing I will say is I now know why they didn't show this game. It's because it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And the longer this game was out there with people having footage of it and looking at it, I feel like the opinion on the game would have soured over time because the footage wasn't getting any better. Like, mm-hmm. what they showed. The trailers that they showed of this game made this game look a lot better than it looks when you're really playing it, I guess is the best way to put it. And it's I feel a, it's like, really uneven visually. Yeah, and I feel like they intentionally went with this shorter cycle because they knew what the game looked like, and they yeah. knew people care about that and make a big stink about it, and they have made a big stink about it. There's people all over the well, internet. especially because, I mean, Skyrim was a graphical darling of the time. You know, they've always kind of blown you away visually before, yeah. and this one just... I think they're pushing this, you know, this modified version of the Gamebryo engine as far as it'll go, but that's just, they just not far to, enough. They needed to build a new engine. Yeah. They, they did. Didn't. At this, they needed whatever they hoped were, was going to come out of the id purchase needed to pay off but for this game, and it doesn't seem like it has. Yep. All right, so that's it. That's the last question. This show is now two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> this is probably, this may, we may have just set a Guinness record. Somebody called Guinness. This may be the longest talk show yeah. in the history of it's television, even though this isn't television. No. <laughs> well, um, anyway, it is time to wrap it up. We have definitely gone way over. But you guys are yeah, definitely... this is like post-E3 length. You there. are getting your money's worth. I mean, this was a big day today. There was a lot of stuff to talk about yeah. today. So it, I think we definitely had relevant topics all the way through. Hopefully you guys agree with it. Again, get on this forum, folks. Bang them. If you're a premium subscriber, make sure you are working them because that's the only way we're going to get all the bugs out. So make sure you do that. Uh, we'll be here next week. We'll have another big show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking tons of Battlefront next week. Um, hopefully that shows up. I still haven't got Battlefront. I'm starting yeah, to get a little know. nervous, so we'll see. Um, but regardless, we'll be talking about it one way or the other next week in addition to a bunch of other great stuff. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>